Wild Dog. This is Enter VR. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chris Miranda, your host. Uh, today I'm speaking with two scholars and gentlemen of virtual reality. Uh, these two gentlemen really don't need intro introduction, but I, I do them anyways because um, uh, first off, I have uh, the Ben Kenobi of virtual reality, Carl Krantz, the creator of uh, the <laughs> Silicon Valley virtual reality meetup. Um, I mean, you're everywhere, Carl, uh, uh, and the SVVR conference in May 2015 coming up. Um, right. Yeah, that's, that's the SVVR holiday party. Uh, Carl, you're, you're, you're everywhere. SVVR jobs. Um, I can go on and on and on. Uh, Carl, thank you so much for being on the show today. On the... Thanks for having me. This is a tradition now. Yes. It's the second time in a row. It's officially a tradition. It is now. It's been now... Um, encrypted in the ages for the ages um and next up i have uh the avatar of virtual reality uh, <laughs> <laughs> i've been watching a lot of avatar so so bruce you remind me of ang um bruce is yeah truly uh just an awesome awesome man and i admire him deeply and i um He's with Altspace. He's been, you know him already. If you're on Reddit, you know Cymatic Bruce and his Sunday streams and the Tuesday. Is it a, like you do a Tuesday, right, Bruce? I, I was, uh, and that has not been going on lately. Um, but it was like an, uh, a multiplayer VR Tuesday or Elite Tuesday, we're calling it for a little while. Oh, like so it was Elite Dangerous. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's not going on currently, but that might change. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Bruce, for coming on the show. And yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, pleasure to be here, man. It's uh, great to continue the tradition of uh, uh, recap the year in VR. Yeah. Um, so let's get this going uh, right out off the gate. Let's start recapping the year 2014. Um, and kind of like we did it last year, where let's let's try to go month to month, and then we'll go into the gauntlet, and then the rabbit hole, and then interstellar space. Um, let, <laughs> do you guys have any memory of what happened in January 2014? Because I kind of don't. All all I remember was um, the 100 million. I think that was around a hundred million dollar funding that was getting a lot of buzz back then. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's man. It seems like it's so long ago. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is going to be tough to separate 2013 from 2014, but, uh, yeah, we can do it. I'm confident. I think we should. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I, um, so yeah, January, uh, yeah, January went by and I can't remember what happened. February, February came along. Uh, do you guys have any memory of something awesome that happened in the VR community? Let me see. I should have prepped for this, but since this is Enter VR, we do this shit raw dog. So uh, <laughs> all the time, <laughs> all the time, all, the way, <laughs> all day, every day. Um, yeah, I can't. Yeah, February went by also, and yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I can't think of anything either. March, that was a big month, I think. Right, that was the uh, Facebook acquisition, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, to back up, I'm actually I'm using Google News here as a backup and, and see what was. In oh, the you beat me to it. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Now, I'm gonna see what's, what was going on. So um, in in February there was just uh, there was some software going on. Uh, there was that uh, you know the the Zelda was in the news that uh, remake of Zelda mm. VR. That was happening. Yeah. Um, Eve Valkyrie was in the news as well. So some cool software stuff 
But uh, yeah, another kind of a little bit of a quiet month. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we started January to jump back on January. We started with CES, which True. is coming up again. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. That's so right. we all got to yeah. try, um, which I now forgot the name. Crystal of. Cove. Crystal Cove. <laughs> yes. Which yes. was Crescent Bay, sort of. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Uh, so that was that was kind of amazing functional tracking for the very first time at CES, uh, among other things. That was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And that was like one of the first times when VR was actually like absolutely comfortable for almost everyone. Like yeah. everyone that went through Crystal Cove demos was like uh, there was no discomfort pretty much uh, across the board, yeah. which is pretty exciting uh, at the time. Now, I can't remember, and I'm, I'm going to jump back all the way to March, um, because I can't remember whether GDC happened before the Facebook announcement or after the Facebook announcement. It was, it was right before. around the same time, right? Or yeah, right it was after? Right, it was right before. It, um, it, it happened. The meetings happened at GDC, basically, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they were making the decisions during GDC, but we didn't know that until right after. Yeah, March was quite the month because Morpheus was was out at GDC and and that's right. Crystal Cove was yeah. there, so things were getting heated up back then. Like things that's right. We we had our big uh, SVVR SFVR VR mixer. True. Yeah, uh, that was everyone came there. So that was the first time I think we had like the Sony guys and the and Oculus guys and everyone all in the same place. So that was nice. Yeah, I, I yeah I remember I met Boone over there and oh, I can't remember there was another Oculus engineer and they were just it was awesome talking to those guys they, you, they, were, they were so nice and um, they they were not scared of uh, talking crazy about the implications of future of the future of VR so it was it was awesome um, and yeah March GDC Facebook acquisition that was the and I'm sure you guys remember where you were when that happened oh yeah absolutely um, that's right. I think we were all talking to each other for moral support. Yeah. What's happening yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember being at, uh, at work at my old job and I got a text, uh, that, uh, Carl sent me about, do you see the stuff about FB? And I, I thought he was like, I don't know what FB meant. I, I, I was like, what is, what does it mean to FB? Like, did he try to abbreviate my name and was there an autocorrect error? Like, what was, uh, like, it was going through my mind and I, you know, immediately, you know, got on the web, stopped my work, and, and saw what was happening, and my stomach dropped out, and I called Carl pretty much about 10 minutes after, um, and just kind of talked it like, for 15, 20 minutes about what this means and, and uh, why it could be scary, why it could be good. Uh, it, was, it was a crazy time. Yeah. Uh, I was on the toilet when it happened, and... <laughs> Because <laughs> I work from home and it was and so I, I you know I, when I got out of the toilet I go to I go to my computer my friend was like um, yeah a friend of mine messaged me hey have you seen it yet I'm like what and then um, I checked Facebook just randomly and, and there it was the announcement from Mark Zuckerberg and then I had to go to the toilet again um, <laughs> it, was, it had that it had that much of an uh, an effect on me um, yeah. April came along uh, and. I Thank God I have you and Carl uh, right now, Bruce, uh, looking at Google Feed because I am a total mess. Do you guys remember what happened in April? It's it's just been yeah, it's been a nuts year for VR, man. Trying to organize all these memories are just are just nuts. It's insane. Um, yeah, I think around this time that's when 
Valve was showing, wasn't this around the time Valve was showing off its thing? I'm not seeing it in the news, but I know the Valve room was kind of, the rumors were starting about then about the Valve room mm-hmm. um, and what they were offering and how some good VR was coming out of there um, with the low persistence and other stuff. And yeah, and then everyone was just kind of reeling off yeah. after the Facebook announcement, really. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of articles all over the place, articles about the feedback from all the people from our technology that took over our Oculus. Yeah. Uh, and then the counter feedback that came from the deaf community that were saying it was really positive and every biz- every major business, you know, uh, website and news outlet was kind of uh, at that point putting out their articles about why this was good. Is this a bubble? All this other stuff. Um so yeah, it was kind of uh, just a lot of talk going back and forth at that time. Yeah, April was all about that actually, because I I think the yeah the Facebook announcement was end of March and April was all about that that discussion and and I mean to me I think one of my biggest memories was remembering Reddit's reaction. Um, like I <laughs> like some of the memes they would put up there were just fucking hilarious. But uh, I mean, you know, some of them were mean. <laughs> Some of them were mean, and some of them were yeah. called for, but there were a few that were just fucking hilarious, had me rolling. There was this one with the Matrix. The, the girl was like, um, not like this, and then she gets disconnected. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... For me, yeah. Uh, for me personally as well, around that time, that's um, when I pretty much joined Alt Space VR officially. Um so at that time, it was, you know, I was kind of started going to in between two jobs uh, as I was closing one and starting the other. But that was my entry into the, the VR industry as a professional, uh, which was super exciting as well. Um, so that was late March, early April when I'm, uh, I'm in there as a, as a VR dude. Um, paying VR, paying my bills, so it's uh, pretty cool. That's too. pretty sweet. That pretty, awesome. Still pretty oh, stoked yeah. about that. <laughs> I'm so freaking yeah. Just every day, I'm like so thankful and grateful for just uh, yeah. Just it's just been opportunity after opportunity in this field, and it's not over. I mean, everything. It's so early still, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just been. That's when the year really. It just was uh, just a blur. It was just a blur for me at that point. <laughs> I'm so happy for you, Bruce. Really, I remember talking to you about this, like in the on our first podcast, and and you, I remember mentioning to you, like, what are, you know, what are your goals? And you're like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice if I could work for a VR company, pay my bills in VR through VR, and 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 it came through, and it, and it's awesome, man. I'm really excited for you and, and AltSpace. It seems like a, a match made in heaven. So so. Good on you. Good on Altspace. They yes, 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 they made the right choice. Um, it's just a matter of time for the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Um, but Carl, I'm sure April was a, a busy month for you because you were getting ready for the SVVR conference in May, right? Yeah, that's right. We were pretty much we pretty much did all the planning in April. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole, con- that whole conference came together. Um, yeah, we had we had a, a date discrepancy last year, so we were originally planning it to be in September, but um, we found out that Oculus Connect was going to be in September at GDC, so we immediately had to pull the trigger on the conference for May, which was two months away. So we did the whole thing in two months. That is insane. I think I think the thing that stood out talking to you was like. Um... Yeah, now I can go. Now I can sleep. Like after the conference, where you're like, yeah, I think I can sleep now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nuts, absolutely nuts. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I, I've never, 
worked at that capacity before where it was just like waking up like as early as possible immediately just typing emails as fast as possible all day until my finger stopped working and then just like sleeping and doing it again just for months <laughs> well that you was, you did yeah, do something fine. historic um just but so, it know. was fun yes and i think yeah we did what we needed to do which was plant the flag you know the whole the whole thing that you know makes this VR so special and the community so special is you know that it is such a grassroots movement it's not being pushed from the top down it's bottom up right yeah it's the community that supported the original Oculus Kickstarter it's the community that supported all these companies when the investors had given up on it and so it was really important to me that you know we plant the flag for the conference of this space and and have this be a community driven conference and not you know professional conference company coming in and doing cookie cutter thing and just saying vr conference yeah yeah i love um, that I, I love that so it was kind of a rush to get the plant flag the the flag planted you know we were it was kind of for us i think a mad rush to make that happen before someone else did it but i think uh yeah we nailed it so <laughs> oh yeah so real good yeah you did so that was good that was great to get so many people in the community like on uh, the Reddit community and online, uh, it, in MeetSpace for the first time. So, so many of these people met for the first time that were friends for, you know, a good year plus. Yeah. That's so really it's nice. such an international event, right? Like, I mean, people all over the country, like, you know, made made things work, stretched things to the limit, got out to Mountain View uh, and just made it happen. So that was really cool uh, to, to yeah, see. For the world. That, yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was a truly a truly special special yeah conference. I can't. I mean, just yeah, like what you said earlier, Carl. Like meeting the people that I've been hanging out on Reddit with, uh, Pernar, Stefan Pernar, um, Jesse from VR Chat. Like the, the yeah, it was it was really nice. Olivier. Like Olivier, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it's Sean all the way from Australia. Yeah, oh, I, the list could go on and on. So many people that came out and supported um, the conference. I, I, yeah, I, I really uh, thank you, everyone who came out, and hopefully hope hope to see you guys next year. Or what's interesting about that is that I think we had almost almost all the companies in the space at the time. Really, we're seeing meetups with I mean, every, fifty yeah. exhibitors. <laughs> I mean, this year's conference, yeah. you know, will be over a hundred companies, you know, and it's. The number of companies in the space has just exploded. Yes, out of control. So awesome. Yeah, that's true. And every company last year was like a you know one or two man startup with no funding, <laughs> and now like a lot of these companies actually have serious backing, VC funding, and other funding. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is. It's yeah. insane. It's it's really driving this faster than I could have ever imagined. Um, but let's move on to June because June was the E three conference. And Oculus won Best of Show, uh, second year in the row, I think. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other True. than yeah, other than that, I, I yeah, I mean, not much uh, else. Did you guys make it to E3? A couple of things happened yeah. actually. Uh, there was a Zenimax lawsuit actually oh, came up around yeah. that time, um, where they're suing Oculus over virtual reality, uh, reality tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of popped up May June, um, and then the Samsung announcements were around there too. Uh, as far as the Gear VR, uh, that's when that stuff started popping up as well. Man, Bruce, you're on point. Yeah, for sure. Um, those are big things too. I mean, definitely. Um, it was it, it was 
validation from Samsung, and I, I even the lawsuit felt like validation. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um. So so yeah, that was that was quite the month. Then July came around, and do you guys remember anything in particular? July. I was going down July, hmm. and I was just head down at Altspace. What else? What else was going down July? <laughs> yeah, that July just yeah. I think July was more of the lawsuit, more of the you know E3. Uh, yeah, lots. Of, there was leaks about the Gear VR mm-hmm. that was around that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, cardboard. That was Google I/O. Was in July, right? I think you're um, correct. Yeah, I, I think that's when it happened. So that was kind of exciting too when cardboard came on the scene. Um, so that means like like Google was tossing in their hat as well. So things were getting exciting where it's like, oh, Samsung leaks this thing, Google's in this in this thing, um, yeah. which is really neat. Uh, so it's like uh, it was just the excitement was kind of ramping up, even though cardboard was really just you know literally cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's still kind of uh, kind of neat. Yeah. You know? Then August came along, and uh, yeah, that was another month where it was just for me it was a blur. It, I I think any between June, July, August for me was a complete blur, because um, it was yeah. Because is that when the DK two shipped? I think so. Oh, I think that's, that's when the true. DK twos were shipping around then, right? July, August. Yep. Yeah. When did um, you guys get yours? Yeah. Oh man, I think. Uh, I got mine in the first day or two that they started shipping because I, yeah, I was I was totally yeah. on the ball when that was when it was order time. Nice. Yeah, I ordered within the first fifteen minutes, so I think I was in like the first shipment too. Um, and uh, I remember taking that photo on the train with it, like just being happy as hell. Uh, <laughs> so when it came in, and then uh, plugging it, plugging it in, trying to get it working, and being instantly dismayed by the uh, <laughs> the, the amount of difficulty it took to just get the thing up and running. Um, and there was a lot of learning that uh, that went on at that point to get DK2s uh, uh, up and running. And, uh, yeah, I think here at Allspace, we got 18 DK2s around that time. And uh, I'd, I'd set them all up and uh, learned pretty much every troubleshooting trick along the way. Uh, so it was, it, was, it was a wild time, a wild time indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That's when the meetups went from being, you know, all VR demos to 50% of the people troubleshooting and 50% of people demoing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think ever since the DK2 came out, there's always like, you know, a couple of people at the meetups just frustrating, you know, tr- troubleshooting last minute, trying to get things working and then giving up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I think I, I, I think I remember binge watching um, your, your, your Sunday stream or some of your videos, Bruce, just uh, how you were troubleshooting the DK2. That, that was really helpful by the way. So um, thanks oh, for that. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> Was. Yeah, that was one of my record uh, streams. Actually, we you know posted on Road to VR. We're like, hey, I just got this thing. Here we go, and uh, everyone just watched as I struggled over and over again to try to get the thing to work in the stream, and uh, it was pretty nuts. But you know, I think it was educational for a lot of the folks um, that were out there, and really educational for people that were like, hey, look, this is this is still early. It's a development kit. You know, this is not going to be. Yay, plug it in, double click Disneyland. It's 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 still uh it's still very early in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we yeah. tend to talk about VR as like it's already a product and it's already out there, so it's uh it's good to get out there and, and do that live. Uh that was interesting. So, 
Yeah. Kind of reset expectations for everyone. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and and then Chris and Bay came along in September and messed with everybody's expectations all over again. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> that was the month of Oculus Connect. And yeah, what do you guys, what's your, what's the, uh, the, the impression or the memory you take away from that, from that month? Yeah, I, I, Oculus Connect was, I mean, that was fantastic. It was, it was really, you know, in, in particular, you know, running a conference myself, you know, it was very nice to see that, that good energy and excitement and like electricity around VR scaled up to these larger events. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was I like a that, big family reunion. Totally. Totally. I, I was uh, to echo that cinema, Carl, I, I want to say it felt like Palmer, Palmer, uh, Palmer's birthday party. Um, in a, in a lot of ways, like it was this really kind of cool, like gathering is all this energy excitement. Um, I was, I guess I was, I was expecting a little more like technical information, like workshop type stuff. And it really kind of drove home still how early things are like the mobile SDK, I think still hadn't released or just released or something. And like, there was all this stuff going on to connect that was just like, Oh man, you know, it's still, uh, it's still early. You know, we're still kind of talking about high level stuff as far as design and not digging into, you know, the really, um, gory details in most of the cases. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting, interesting event. Great energy though. Like throughout it was so, so amazing. Yeah. That was, yeah, for me, there's, I mean, three things really that, that stood out. Uh, one, in the same vein that you're, you, you've mentioned, Bruce, how it's so early, I think the talk about human perception and VR, that made me yeah. realize how really, really early we are in, in, in terms of trying to completely understanding how we, our perceptual systems are, are interacting with with you know with the metaverse that's uh that was yeah that was eye-opening that to know to to see how humble oculus is about how much how little they know so far um it mm -hmm. yeah it was it was it was refreshing um absolutely absolutely it's yeah. you know it's it's definitely refreshing to see that and to see how you know i, I think it was at connect where i really i realized how like, I don't know, obsessed or, or bullheaded Oculus is about really creating the best possible VR they can um, on a, you know, on like a desktop machine. Yeah. Like they're really, that's, that's really their focus. Like, uh, and you know, they're, they're taking their time and uh, considering a lot of factors, which is, which is really great to see as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The second thing that stood out obviously was Crescent Bay. Um, I tried it twice and uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was uh, it was transform transformative, and then the third thing was the beach house, which we shall not talk about, but of the beach house, but <laughs> <laughs> but I will never forget though that that those those couple nights they were um yeah. <laughs> the, the first rule of the beach house is to uh, not talk about the beach house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was that was nice. That was just a, just a glorious time. Yeah. Developers, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun to see a lot of these people outside of the crazy meetup convention environment and just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think we'll, there'll will, there'll will be a, a, another beach house uh, next at next connect? Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure someone will put it together. Uh, yeah, if 
Yeah, it's gonna be if not Olivia again, I, I might just spur spas like spring for it. You know, it's, uh, but it, yeah, it's it was just such a cool experience. You know, because usually at these events and meetups, you're so busy doing troubleshooting or demoing your own thing that really, I mean, you get to say hi to someone else for you know five seconds, um, and then that's it, right? It's yeah. like, and these things are only getting bigger and busier. Like you know, yeah. the last VRLA was like I don't know, it was almost it must have been like a thousand people that came through there um it was like you know it felt like maker fair it was just crazy so um it's getting harder and harder to kind of see other other vr devs and, and hang out with them and and say like hey what's what's up dude how are you doing how are things you know so, yeah yeah crazy. it was still hard at the beach house because we were all exhausted from doing the conference in the daytime but exactly it was still <laughs> a lot of fun yeah, yeah. but um i guess um you know oculus has uh, moved a lot of their guys up here. So the question is, will it be in LA next year? Or will it be up here? I think it'll be up here. That is that a very good awesome. question. Yeah. That's a very good question. Um, yeah. What do you, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your, uh, what does your instinct say, Carl and Bruce? Do you think it's going to be up here in, in Northern California? Oh man. I'll, 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 I'll say there's a good <laughs> chance. <laughs> I think there's, well, yeah. if you want to party, uh, at next connects at the next connect, um, find uh, Carl, Bruce, or me, and uh, we shall lead you. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the best after party ever. I'm just gonna. I don't want to linger onto this, but that was the best. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Uh, so okay. moving on. That was pretty good. So yeah. so I'll, yeah. I'll make a commitment here though. If if they do do it in L.A. again. Um, I will organize an SVVR bus to connect. <gasps> nice. I, uh, I, I, had, yes. I had thought of this around VRLA, um, but it was too late to get a bus organized for the last one. But I think that it would make sense to, you know, so many people drove down and went down together and to get some time together to hang out and talk on the bus ride. Oh, that would be that would be awesome. That would be yeah. amazing. Thing. I like that idea. That would, yeah. Party bus. VR bus. Uh, <laughs> VR party bus. Then everyone can break out their DK2s on the bus. Yeah. Your oh, VRs on the bus. I'll bring the drugs. <laughs> okay, so October came along. What happened in October? Uh, October was, um, yeah, October. Can we go back to Connect for yeah. a minute, though? Yeah. I, I, don't, I think it was, I think Crescent Bay, the Crescent Bay experience at Connect for so many people. I mean, you use the word transformative, and mm -hmm. I think that's exactly the word so many people used. I mean, it really was for me a moment I'll never forget. You know, I, I literally came out of that demo with tears in my eyes. I was like, just emotionally, like, you know, just touched on a level that I, I just did not expect. It was just so much better than I thought it would be at this time. And I can't even pinpoint what it was, but you know, just the combination of things. And I suspect the high frame rate has a lot to do with it, but yeah. it was, it was just really something that like, you know, something that I felt like, you know, I, I know I've wanted to be possible my whole life and I believe would be possible someday, but it was just like, it, that was the first time where I was like, holy shit, this stuff is going to work. <laughs> stuff is going to, you know, it's coming fast and it's better, you know, sooner than I ever imagined. And, you know, it's it just reiterated how much I believe this stuff is going to change the world. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think the hard part is over or do you think the or, or, or are we still at a point where we, we, we were, you know, VR has tougher challenges to overcome? What do you think? I, I think that it's 
going to be the progress is going to be more incremental from this point on. Mm-hmm. I think that we made this kind of you know this this leap. Um, there's there was this leap and this kind of inflection point that happened you know with the original Oculus and even more so with the you know DK two and then Crescent Bay and whatever's next. But I, I think that we're not going to see for a while um, anything that is like such a, a, a big leap. <laughs> you know, I think I think we'll add things slowly. It'll slowly get better. We'll add tracking and, you know, motion controllers and hands and all these things. But I don't think we're going to have like this big jump again for a few years, at least. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my feeling, too. I, I mean, I, I went into Crescent Bay like hypercritical, um, so I didn't have the, quite the emotional impact. Um, but I, I did, like, it, it felt, I was like, this is what consumer VR needs to be. It, it just works. It was solid, rock solid. Uh, tracking was great. Um, and it was so good that the, the, the thing I did instantly was look to what was not there, which were my hands and body. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, my brain instantly went to what was wrong with the scene. Um, but the vision and sound are pretty much covered. So, and I mean, you have to have an optimized experience and you have to have a machine that's going to be beast enough to run it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's there, it's, it's executed as possible. That was on a consumer machine, um, not a supercomputer or something. It was on something that a a PC gamer would have. Um, so that was really exciting. And I think the, the, the next leap forward is really going to be on input. I, I think that's really going to be, what the next big revolution is going to be. We're going to have some things that maybe get our hands in there, maybe some time of flight cameras with nimble VR or something else. But um, it's really, uh, once there's a, a major input solution, I think that's going to be the next big leap forward. Um, but for now, like I said, if they polish that up and, and put that out as a consumer unit, uh, that's like, that, that's pretty impressive. It's pretty amazing. You know, like, so. I'm 100% agreeing with you both, and, you know, just, I feel like 2014 was the year of validation, because NVIDIA in September came along and, you know, released a graphics card that was optimized for VR. Exactly. Um, so, that was the other thing, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a major graphics company taking this thing seriously. That's amazing. Definitely. Uh, yeah. That, I think that, you know, one, one thing to add about the, the Crescent Bay was... Um, you know, I came out of that with this idea that, you know, if I had a joystick in my hand during the Crescent Bay demo, it would have just killed it for me. Hmm. I think what I learned from the Crescent Bay was, you know, the that this full body VR really makes a lot of sense. And I think before that, I was thinking that we could come up with shortcuts using joysticks or some other controllers that are going to be, you know, enable us to have this kind of seated experience that... You know, and, and I'm sure we'll get there, but I, I think what I got out of that was just, you know, how much better a full body, you know, what I'm actually in there and moving around and walking around inside of VR, you know, I, I've had a taste of that with Servios and some of the other demos, but I, I think it just reinforced how much better that is. And that, you know, yeah, I think that's always going to be the ultimate experience is this kind of full body where you're in like a purpose built space. All that, the way, like that, being able to to kneel down, take mm-hmm. a knee. I laid down, I jumped. All of that yeah. was just perfect. It, like, it didn't lose me. Uh, I was, yeah. It's just, ah, uh, it's it, indescribable how that felt. I think even <laughs> even with my kind of critical eye on it, it really just it was it was, just, oh, it was so good. 
<laughs> felt so good. You, the, and like putting some sort of joystick to abstract, you know, so you could move around that way, it would totally take away from the experience, not add to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like opinion. we walked away a bit spoiled from that because <laughs> everything else, um, it's like a, there's a spot here in, in SF called El Farolito. It's a burrito spot that I've been going since high school. And we, my friends and I, we call it La Mecca because it's a pilgrimage to go eat there. Um, it's super, you know, super hole in the wall kind of spot. And you eat that burrito and every other burrito that you eat never tastes the same. You know, it, it never quite gets there. And it's the same thing with Crescent Bay. Like I, you know, DK2 and, and you know, DK2 and even Gear VR, like they just, they just don't, you know, they just don't tickle that spot like uh, Crescent Bay did. And, and and so, yeah, I'm, I'm super eager. And uh, that's a huge challenge you mentioned, Carl and Bruce, about getting a full body VR and, you know, especially, you know, n- Especially knowing that Oculus has been saying that, you know, the Oculus Rift is going to become a seated experience, is a seated experience, you know, is that, is that, is that, are they in some way shooting themselves in the foot? What do you guys think? I think it's just an interim decision they had to Mm -hmm. make because of the tracking system they're using, you know, (laughs) it's just, I think that'll go away. That makes sense. Yeah, I I think it's, it's also legal too. Like, this is just such a new medium and you really, I mean, it's just like with Wii controllers first came out and people were throwing them all over the place. It's just like, you know, how, how do you, where does the liability fall when someone decides to do something stupid with VR that you didn't tell them not to do that, you know? Um, so, you yeah. know, starts walking around their kitchen and gets stabbed with their own, you know, silverware or something. I mean, it's like, who knows what stupid things people will come up with once they get a hold of this on a consumer level. So... Um, I think really sticking to this narrative about a seated experience um, probably carries some liability issues with that as well. And so they can really, um, you know, nail down how they're going to handle a, a, a standing or otherwise moving full body experience and still be covered legally and be protected. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Eventually, somebody will like go flying out of their window because they got scared of alien isolation or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like, Oh crap. Yeah. It's, who's responsible for that? Yeah. So it's like, ah, that's a good, that's a, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah. If my grandma has a heart attack while playing, um, yeah. Alien isolation is, is it, is it my grandma's fault? Is it my fault for letting her play alien isolation? I, I don't know. Is it Oculus's? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's gonna be, yeah. yeah, it's gonna be uncharted territory going forward. October came along yeah. though. It's gonna happen. Death, yeah, definitely. Denny had said something um, sometime this year. Uh, Denny Denny Unger had had made a quote somewhere that said, you know, we will have the first VR death sometime soon. And you know, it's it's kind of dark to think about, but I, I think that's gonna happen. I mean, I I think I've almost had a heart attack a couple times. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've managed to induce some. Uh, some anxiety that actually took me back um, playing, you know, playing a, t- a title or two. Like I've uh, had some uncontrollable shakes and, and like built up anxiety um, from that, which I kind of tried to play off while I was on the stream. But really, like, <laughs> it, it's really, uh, it's really yeah, there. <laughs> it's really there. Like, you know, there's certain experiences and like my, my leg, I was just involuntarily like trembling. My leg was involuntary trembling and yeah. it was like, oh my gosh, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's hard to detach yourself uh, when the experience is of a certain caliber, and then they, you know, you have when you have everything right, when the demo is optimized, 
when the aesthetic is great and the demo looks great and the sound is natural and how it's supposed to be, you get to a threshold where you just fool your brain. And at that point, you know, it gets pretty, pretty awesome and pretty dangerous. You know, Elite Dangerous is like one of those titles that, you know, they, they just the, the production value and the presentation is done so well that, you know, you, you just get fooled and you're in there, you know, and it's, it's, uh, you don't get the same feeling, just kind of a, a short demo or a proof of concept type thing. But when you're in an experience that has the full sound design, everything is considered and it's in there, it's, uh, it can suck you in and there's, there's consequences of that good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, I feel like uh, there's there's this double-edged sword, and I'm trying to figure out how to wield it in terms of, you know, because for example, Tippetat, the creator of Pokemon VR and Matrix VR, uh, um, he 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 talks about how he cured himself of his fear of heights, uh, just because he was testing Matrix VR constantly, he was falling out of buildings constantly. And, and, you know, I thought about that. I'm like, well, you know, let me try Windlands. And I tried Windlands. And he, this is a comment on how good Windlands in the DK2 is when it's really optimized. My hands, oh, my palms were sweating. My, my yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah. my bladder was becoming loose. Like I was, I was, and it was just because I'm scared of heights. And I, and, you know, in, in, in a sense, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, do I keep pushing it until my brain becomes desensitized or, you know, or is my or is my brain gonna flip and have a, a different reaction? Like, you know, will is it always that you're going to? Is it always uh, the? Will it always be that you can cure yourself in VR, or are people gonna react? You know, differently to different experiences. I I don't know. Um. So, but yeah, there's definitely something visceral happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, through this medium, and it's it, it's crazy. It's science fiction. Big questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but well, let's talk about October because October came along, and that was a, a, another. I mean, I I think that month was for me was a. I was just reeling from Crescent Bay still. Like I was still like all about that crescent bay um yeah i I think the big thing that happens at the end of that month uh near the end is uh, google plop plopping down half a billion dollars on my Mm. this mysterious company called magic leap and uh it's like their tiny elephant breeding program yeah with the tiny elephant what is that about uh so that was like uh october kind of went by and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's like well what does that even mean <laughs> what are they doing um so that's that was kind of probably the the most exciting thing that was happening uh and that uh that month is pretty crazy i actually have something to add to magic leap because i know someone who knows someone that works at magic leap and this a certain someone has told me what magic leap is um based on Uh-oh. some of the conversations he's had with this you know magic leap employee he so don't take this for a grain of salt but i think what magic leap is doing is a mediated reality device um and it's and i think it's going to be an hmd uh a head mounted mediated reality device that can you know that could that it's like um it's like you know how you can use what I'm imagining is, you know how you can use the leap motion to look at your hands, you know, and, and look at the real world and then bring on objects, you know, like um, Sulon Cortex did something similar. 
Um, yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah, I, I think, I think that might be it based on what I've heard. Uh, Interesting. I don't know though, but yeah, speculation. Speculation time. So yeah. But, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll definitely see. Yeah, how long? Shall. How long before do you guys think like we'll we'll actually hear news from Magic Leap? You know, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm thinking. Uh, I don't I I I don't know. I, they mm-hmm. actually they must have something developed enough to get half a billion from Google. Yeah. But at the other hand, I mean, since they're being so secretive, I gotta think that they're you know they must be maybe farther out than. Maybe maybe it'll be you know eight months to a year before we actually get the the real skinny on what they got. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I have no idea. And, and and I think the other consideration is that oh you know Google is really looking to take Google Glass to the next level, um, and they've kind of doubled down on VR. So what is all what do all these things mean? Are these all different hands, different arms of Google doing their own thing, or is this all trying to work towards some? singular goal that google is doing with augmented reality virtual reality uh all this stuff so it's uh kind of exciting time to see that google's really putting some weight behind uh vr and ar and uh what that might mean so yeah uh-huh. yeah there's yeah there's a lot yeah but who the real question then becomes is 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 magic leap a competitor to the rift do you guys think that this is an actual threat to to vr or or the or what we already been seeing what do you guys think i don't think we know enough mm. we don't good yeah. I mean, they, they, they may be just they may be developing a display technology that they would license to hmd manufacturers or they may be developing a you know a whole software platform it's it's yeah. too early to tell yeah or they really may be is. breeding genetically engineering small elephants <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we don't know <laughs> yeah ray kurzweil's yeah. up to something yeah um, yeah. yeah absolutely well they hired uh you know uh, uh stevenson right so yeah, yeah they hired a, a dude that that's pretty exciting <laughs> that's true yeah they're, they're ba- whatever they're doing it's basically science fiction at this point so it's uh it's like science fiction becomes science fact Oh, so it's it's kind of interesting, right? It's crazy. You know. It's it's crazy stuff. Yeah. November then. Um, that was yeah. yeah. November came along. By the way, the VR hackathon happened somewhere between October and November. I can't remember. It's all been a blur. Yeah, it's in October. Okay. That was October, right? Yeah. And that was really uh, fun. That was exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I took part in it. I I, I uh, didn't sleep for thirty four hours straight, and I loved it. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> building something that we'll, we'll never see, but I walked away with really good connections and experiences and I learned a lot about web VR, like, holy crap, there is, there is something magical happening with web VR and, uh, how it's getting developed right now. It's, it's fun. It's really cool stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just like Mozilla putting putting basically all in. There's like uh, development versions of Chrome that mm-hmm. are kind of all in supporting, uh vr all the way natively from the browser uh so yeah that's just web vr in in all of its forms is terribly exciting uh what's going on there uh it's very very cool uh to see that kind of uh you know kind of blossoming uh in its early stages yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting space to be in uh as as it moves forward um yeah, especially considering the talent that is behind it. P- 
people like Tony Parisi, um, people like uh, I, I know Philip Rose is, is is involved with uh, WebVR. Brandon Jones from Google Chrome, like you mentioned, Bruce. Um, yeah, definitely. Josh Carp- Carpenter over at Mozilla. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. just a lot of lot of very smart, very dynamic, and uh, enthusiastic people that are just on this and uh, driving it forward. Definitely. And yeah, that was that was October, November. Yeah, November was probably the the month of acquisitions because that was when is that when Nimble and three thirteen level studios got acquired or or am I or am I am I off on that one? That did not happen in uh, this month, this past month, or was yeah, that, that was in December? That was December, it was in okay. December, right? Okay, okay. Uh, I think the the kind of big thing in November was uh, Samsung Developer Conference. Yes. Um, yeah. Happened at that point. So, you know, and, uh, you know, we get, you know, details about Wind Gear VR is dropping. And we really see how dedicated Samsung is to VR. I mean, they had the biggest, pretty much the biggest workshop room that they had at the conference was dedicated to VR the entire three days of the conference. Yeah. Um, they announced Project Beyond, which is like real time, uh, you know, st- streamed live uh, 360 3D video um, with that uh, camera that they're developing. Yeah. Uh, so it was uh, there was a whole lot of Gear VR demos and um, and things around that. So it was really kind of cool to see uh, a big company like Samsung. Really, I mean, even a portion of their keynote was just purely about virtual reality. Uh, so it was really cool to see how much. Uh, seriousness and weight that they they were putting behind uh, Gear VR and VR in general. Yeah, uh, mobile VR is going to be huge, huge, and I can't, mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, is is it fair to com- to compare or try to decipher which one is going to become more successful in the future? I mean, at at this point, it feels like it's it's neck and neck um, between desktop VR and, and and Gear VR. I mean, Crescent. I mean, just talking about Crescent Bay itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, don't well, know. I think in this case, it's a matter of two separate, almost totally different audiences. Like you, you have mobile VR. Um, not just you know you have like because you have levels of that. You have like the what I call the viewers which are like the cardboard, the Dorovis dive, your, you know, things of that category, which are totally powered by the phone, including the tracking, which gives you certain a certain level of experience. Then there's Gear VR, which I, I, I put an order of magnitude ahead of, ahead of those because you have a custom OS on the Note 4. You have all the tracking optimized and uh, calibrated within the headset itself um, and a lot of, you know, nice features with the focus, the touchpad interface on the side. Uh, so that's a level of VR, which is like really, really impressive. Um, and, and that's kind of targeting your enthusiast, your casual, it's really polished consumer VR experience. You know, you tap something, you slip your phone in, it fades in and it just starts. Um, so that's really awesome. And then you have, you know, what Oculus Rift is targeting, which is really for the first, I think, couple of years is really going to be that hardcore PC gamer, um, with the, the person that's going to have a PC that's going to be able to push those pixels. Uh, you know, it, it's really, I mean, if you're talking about the CV one having 90 frames or even 120 frames a second, um, stereo 
uh, with three, you know, with the, the 3D sound and all this good stuff. I mean, you're going to need a powerful machine to push that, and that's not going to be your random person with a Note 4. Um, that's that's going to be a pretty dedicated person that really wants to enjoy a great experience. So mm. um, I, I think we're going to see mobile VR uh, like gradually get better and better and really target the just everyday consumer. Um, I think we're going to see desktop VR uh, really stay in the gaming space and maybe the industry space for a little while. Um, you know, before it, uh, before it really uh, takes off to be super mainstream, um, unless there's some, you know, ridiculous app that, you know, people can't be without and they'll just run out and, and spend $3,000 on everything they need to, <laughs> to have an awesome experience. So who knows? Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's very much in the open. Um, yeah, you know, one thing that comes to mind when I think of Gear VR is this discussion that was happening on our Oculus about how, uh, Someone pointed out that on one website for Samsung or Oculus, I can remember they were calling the Gear VR a dev kit, and you know, and other people, I don't know where they've been saying it was a consumer model. Like, you know, I, I, there was some confusion, and then everybody figured out, yeah, it's it's a dev kit. I mean, is there is there is that an important discussion to have, or is that just you know semantics? Yeah, it- it certainly is. So Samsung has made clear, like Samsung called it an innov- the innovator edition. I think Oculus has pretty much kind of worded it as a dev kit, uh, and it's and, and in both ways, they've both Samsung and Oculus have kind of discouraged the regular consumer. They've made it very, very clear it's for VR enthusiasts and VR developers. Um, even in the way that Samsung released this thing, that it, it quietly went on sale mm. at mobile.samsung.com on like 8 a.m. On, on a Monday, um, and they announced nothing. <laughs> the press didn't even have articles out until maybe noon that day. Um, so it was very, very quietly released. Um, Nick DiCarlo over at Samsung has pretty much clearly said like, hey, we're not concerned about sales. We're really looking for feedback. We want to know if people like it, if it works what people are experiencing with it. Um, so Samsung, again, at SDC, they're really revealed that they're playing the long game with VR. Um, they're really, this is not a thing where like, oh, right, it's, VR's here. Let's sell a billion of these. They're really like, hey, this is the early stages. We understand that. This is the first iteration. Check it out if you're excited about it, um, but don't buy it if you're not. Yeah. Are you? Yep. Did I lose you, Bruce? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just that, that's all I had to say. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's the thing that comes to mind about uh, the Gear VR right now is, you know, I should should develop, should companies put out HMDs that work with smartphones? I mean, is there is there going to be enough? Do you think it's 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 going to be too, it's too late, or it's too, um, or they're just gonna get drowned out by Samsung's marketing once their, you know, consumer gear VR is out. Like, you know, if I, like, if you guys were creators of HMDs that work with s- smartphones, like, you know, the ones that you can 3D print or the ones that you could use different, like, would you still be creating these, you know, devices? Or... I, I would not. I, I I don't see anything good in any of the. I mean I, I mean I don't like any of these viewers. They're the experience is just not good enough. I mean I haven't seen one that offers a good experience. Yeah. I mean the the best one that I've have is the Dorovis Dive, but still 
you know, it's, it's dependent on the phone support and the, the tracking is laggy and yep. it's just not a great experience. Yeah. Uh, in, I, I don't know if anyone has tried one that's better. I'm actually open <laughs> looking for suggestions for a simple viewer that actually, you know, works a lot better, but I haven't seen one. Yeah. I think it really comes down to, you know, the phone, like this, uh, Zeiss VR one, um, viewer, uh, which is again, another one where you can use any phone with it. And, uh, it really depends on the phone, right? I mean, the phones, they don't have operating systems optimized for this stuff. Uh, they don't have, uh, you know, the tracking and, and the sensors calibrated and optimized for VR. Um, so you're going to get a certain type of experience. So what Cardboard did with, like, the Windy Day movie, um, with, uh, like, the Google Maps thing, um, there's a few things that, that can – be designed around that experience and be okay. Uh, and it's, it's an okay or, or even great for the person that doesn't even know what this VR thing is about. Right. Um, and I think that that's going to be its place. Like you're going to have some people that are like, Oh, I heard this VR thing. They're like, Whoa, my mind is totally blown. But for people in our position, we've been in this, we've seen Crescent Bay, like really is a Google cardboard going is any experience possible on a Google cardboard or Derovis dive going to blow our minds away, right? Like, is that even possible at this point for people in our position? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think it is. I mean, there's there's definitely great experiences you can design around that, but it's all kind of based on the perspective of the person definitely. that is going to be experiencing it. I yeah, and I've I've demoed my the my Durovis to people, and the majority of them, you know, people who haven't tried VR. And the major, I would say 70 to 80, 75 ish percent, you know, arbitrary number, they've been um, impressed. But then there's the, the um, 25 percent who would be like, oh, the lag, oh, you know, and and so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's the thing that I, I take away from the, you know, the these viewers is how creative people are in terms of the materials and the form factors. Like I've seen everything from antibacterial foam to um, yes. <laughs> Velcro to cardboard to, yeah, there, there's been some really creative things uh, coming out um, with these things. So, but, but the future for them feels unclear, you know, considering how big the players they are that they're having to swim in, in the same pool. So, I, I see the um I, I mean I definitely see the value in that it's super portable and your phone you can carry it around but there none of these viewers are that portable you know you still have this big chunk of a thing to carry around yeah. and I mean I actually in, and to go back to the gear VR a little bit you know having spent some time living with the gear VR I am more and more convinced that you know the phone my phone that is my phone does should not be my my VR device. I mean, I'm going to cancel service on my note four and use it as basically a tablet dedicated for gear VR and use a different phone. One, because it's not the best phone, but uh, two, because it's, it's actually very inconvenient to have your VR device be your phone because of all these little social interactions, you know, when I'm demoing it for someone, I mean, yeah, Bruce, we had talked about this, like you want to take a picture of the person when they're in it, but you can't cause they have your phone. And me, yeah. I want to, you know, t 
tweet or check my email or something when I'm showing it to people. Cause you know, here I am standing there with someone. Now I'm showing someone I'm captive. I'm basically stuck waiting for them to finish. Mm. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go for my phone, but I can't have my phone. You know, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's all these, uh, like social problems with the VR device being a phone. Plus it kills my battery immediately, which, you know, is unacceptable. So, I mean, I know that'll get better, but I don't know. I just don't think it makes sense for it to be the same device. There is, there's definitely some practicality in figuring out the a user interface that is in harmony with that form factor. I mean, there's, I feel like, I feel like the killer, uh, uh, some uh, killer-ish apps for Gear VR would be navigating Twitter in VR and taking selfies while wearing the Gear VR. Somehow the the front the the, the, the back facing the forward facing camera will take a picture of your eyes. Like oh shit, like, I don't know. Um, but uh, but it's so true. It's it's a good point. Like a lot of the experiences or all of the experiences right now are basically locked inside of VR, right? Yeah. They're not. You're not getting access to the other things that you can get access to on your phone, and you know, with a few small exceptions. And I'm sure that'll change, but I still don't think it makes sense for it to be your phone. I think my phone is something else. Mm. Yeah, I would gladly pay the money for a standalone device that was like four or five hundred bucks. If the Gear VR was like four hundred or five hundred dollars, and basically the Note Four was fused to it, or it was yeah. just all <laughs> an all-in-one thing that I could just put in my bag, and and I would, oh man, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's the way it goes because I, I, again, I have to echo Carl, dude. There's, I've been at VR meetups. I'm showing off the gear, and I automatically reach in my pocket for my phone to take a picture or make a tweet of what's going on, and then it's empty. I'm like, oh crap, that's right. Um, so it's uh, it, like you know, one or two times. It's it's yeah, it's but like repeated. every time, it's like starts to get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it is interesting. I mean, and I love the Gear VR. I absolutely absolutely love it, but. Um, yeah, it's an it's an interesting yeah you know, like the the social angle, the the actual user experience angle, um, is definitely something to be considered. Uh, so I, I do wonder how how that'll work exactly. Those are very uh, very valid points, gentlemen. I, I I think you guys are are onto something there. Um, but let's move on to December because December was a big month for VR. Um, I'm sure. Oh my you, goodness, yes. Yes, it was. Um, it, yeah, I'm, I'll start it off with the SVVR holiday party, which I think. I, I'm pretty sure it was a pretty uh, su successful event, Carl, I would say. Yeah, think. against all odds, we had like a crazy storm and yeah, like one of the worst one one was closed and like, yeah, it was like hurricane winds and everything and, and we still had a full house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a little nerve wracking leading up to it, but yeah, I mean, that was the first meetup that I know of that had Crescent Bay. Yeah. So that was a that was exciting for us. Um, um, I don't think most people got to try it because then there was just a giant line the whole time. But you know, it was still awesome that it was there. And yeah, that was it was fun because we basically filled up the auditorium that was the conference last year, and this year it was just a meetup or a holiday party. So yeah. it was just nice to see how how much we've grown. <laughs> Absolutely. Much how much the community's grown and and yeah and this was a you know the first event that had multiple large companies involved you know we had samsung and google and all these companies that were sponsors and you know that's pretty exciting that we're getting you know big companies interest in vr and in the vr community events which is important 
you know what else is really cool? I'm starting to I'm 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 starting to notice that the the spectrum in terms of like the diversity of people is also uh, increasing. Like I'm seeing all sorts of age ranges, sexes, um, dress codes. I mean, it was it was really cool. Like I, I you've it's it's truly becoming a um, uh, it's truly becoming a, a a manifestation of who we are as a whole. Uh, this community, you know, it's it's not just it's not just developers. Obviously, developers are awesome, you know, but but there's also artists. There's also you know entrepreneurs. There's investors. There's you know enthusiasts, evangelists, and yeah, they're, it's cool. I really like where it's going. Um, that's a good point. There's a lot more women joining and, and at our more recent events, at SVBR events, I mean, we've always been traditionally like, you know, three women and a hundred men. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, if, if even today I was noticing, I looked at like the last 10 signups for the meetup group and eight of them were women. Like, you know, this, this is like completely flipped from the way it normally is. So the, uh, the numbers are evening out and I think we're becoming more gender balanced, which is extremely important. Yes. I don't think there was anything specific about VR that was causing the gender imbalance. I think it's just the nature of any, uh, cutting edge emerging technology. It's, you know, I think that like, you know, 5% is typical, but as it becomes more mainstream, then the numbers, uh, you know, become more balanced. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Uh, so yeah, that was also the month of the Nimble VR acquisition, and I, I want to. It's thirteen level. Was it thirteen level or thirteen studio or something? Thirteen floor. Uh, I can't remember um, the name, yeah, but he was a really small. talented right. man behind that company. I think it's level thirteen. Uh, you got it. That's the one. Yeah. Um. So that was. Those were pretty big announcements. It's, specifically nimble vr because now oculus has tentatively a input device yeah it's a very exciting time like I, i've done you know that nimble vr has you know come to svvr multiple times when mm-hmm. we there's still three gear um yep. you know, I, I've, I've done all of their their demos and their previews and uh you know i've you know talked with robert there over at uh at Nimble, and it's it. They've got some really great stuff going. Like you know, they've you know designed this time of flight camera from the ground up for VR. Um, they're using kind of uh, 3D point cloud data, which is CPU intensive, I guess, but uh, really very very cool, very solid. Um, and it's just really awesome uh, what they've got going on there. Um, and it, it is uh, it was a kind of a surprise that you know it's like hey i, I was definitely impressed by, the, by their demo but to know that oculus was impressed as well to the point that they were acquiring them and um and that oculus is going that direction with an optical um you know solution for to get those hands in there a time of flight camera uh it's exciting it, it's really cool to think of that hey this this is moving forward they're thinking about input and it's like uh and then it just generates a generates a speculation storm about what the cv1 will have and and what what features it will include right uh, mm-hmm. is this going to be a down the road thing or is this going to be the cv1 going to include this it's going to be oh it's kind of crazy it's yeah. Yeah, and, and it couldn't happen to nicer guys. I'm really happy for those guys. Oh yeah, those guys are so awesome. I mean, they're definitely dedicated, enthusiastic, nice guys. Yeah. Yeah, Rob and Kendrick and all yeah, all those guys are just awesome and hard, so hardworking. And yeah, and, and I met them before they were doing any VR stuff at all, and it was it was really exciting to see them pivot into VR and then become you know 
basically uh, one of the best solutions for hand tracking in VR very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I tried their demos at SVVR and I and I walked away pretty impressed. Um, I I slipped up because I, I had a chance to do an interview with these guys and. I think I was sick or I was, yeah, something, something came up, but it was, it was probably like two weeks before the Oculus acquisition happened. I was just like, oh, I was biting, kicking myself in the shins after. I was like, oh, I could have had that one. That, them and Douglas Landman have slipped under, you know, have slipped under my, um, my, my, my grasp. But um, I also uh, joined Oculus, so. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, anyone who slips your grasp is going to get acquired by Oculus. That's a, uh, <laughs> an that, indicator. That is, that's, hey, that's actually not a bad idea. But uh, Chris, also yeah. remember, I don't know if you guys remember, Chris Stevens from Pixar also joined Oculus somewhere. I want to say July or August. I, the announcement came out, and um, that I feel like that is an indication that you know VR animated movies will be a thing. You know, like. Um, oh yeah. It, well, I mean, that's really the solution to having a 360 3D stereo experience, right? Yes. Just make it a CG movie, then it's perfect. Like you get around all the uh, the, the problems of having a, a camera and hiding your crew and all that. <laughs> just plop a camera in your CG movie, and uh, you can have a great experience. It's like the Windy Day movie from uh, from Google. It's it's really fantastic. Um, the way that's uh, set out looks it feels like a great experience. Um, yeah, I really look forward to seeing more of that. Uh, it seems like Oculus is doing some stuff in-house as far as content, like in the vein of Pixar, this kind of uh, rendered animation. Um, they, they've opened up a group in San Francisco called the Oculus Story Group. What? That's cool. Which nice. um, they've been kind of under the radar, but um, they're, uh, I, I expect a lot of interesting things will come out of that. That sounds really yeah. cool. Um, and also, it was uh, Oculus that produced that uh, the game for Gear VR, Hero Bound, right? It was seemed to be published by Oculus and not by a third party, um, which is like one of the best games for Gear VR. It's like a third-person adventure game, kind of Zelda-esque, um, that you look around the environment and move your guy. But it's uh, oh, that, yeah. that, that one requires a controller. I haven't it tried that. It requires a controller. Yeah, yeah, it's one. It's by, I stupidly didn't best. order the controller, and then it. It's like seven, eighty bucks or something to order it. Yeah, pick up I a Moga or <laughs> I finally just broke down today and ordered it, but it was painful. But now, now it's back ordered apparently oh, yeah. for weeks. <laughs> wow. Oh man, just uh, yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. It's like for me, it's the it's like one of the, the best like title that's on gear. It's just a really I was playing it for hours on the flight uh, on the flights I've been taking back and forth. So. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very good. Do you guys yeah. think it's a mistake for them not to ship the controller with it? I thought that was really I odd. I think uh, so. It seems to fragment the whole, the whole market. I, I you know yeah. it could be I could be it could be about the message, right? Like you know how you Bruce was you know mentioning how this could be this could be both for casual consumers and more or less gamers, and so I. I I think they want to send the message like this isn't just for gamers in a sense, but at the same time, not having that controller feels limiting, you know, for a lot of things. So yeah, uh, it is um, absolutely. I well, know. I think some other things that um, actually happened in December since the Gear VR did actually drop in December, yeah. Um, so that's exciting, uh, and uh, we've got some information that Google 
you know, puts puts or kind of starts beefing up their uh, their VR team, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, that's going on. And you also have uh, the rumblings from Microsoft getting in the game, which is a very yeah, yeah. very exciting too. And Apple boasted a job posting for VR developers. Yes, so it's like the every it's like ramp up from pretty much every major player in Silicon Valley. You know, it's like Apple, Microsoft. Uh, are now in the game and, and ramping up their team, so that's an exciting thing too. And it's like, oh man, you know, this is uh, uh, again just makes it more legitimate, more real, and uh, more uh, it's more crazy. Like how quickly things have gone. It's just a year later now, and uh, we've <laughs> it's like you know, there's there's just uh, every major player is just on top of this VR thing. So yeah, it's CES is going to be really interesting to to watch. I, I feel like we've covered all the twelve months, so I feel like now we can have a a more us um, eclectic conversation. But but yeah, CES, I, I I mean I think is going to be big because Microsoft is going to be there with the I I'm gonna guess the FO the FOVE is going to be the eye, you know the the eye tracking uh, yeah they VR. they invested heavily in that thing mm-hmm. uh, yeah 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 um, Morpheus obviously. Uh, I wonder if, you know, I, I, yeah, I wonder if, it, what happened to Steam? What happened to the Steam box? And, ter- you know, like, remember that the rumors about how the Steam box was going to be paired with a VR HD somehow? Like, what? It, what a great question. Uh, <laughs> Steam, the entire Steam OS situation just kind of fell off the map, dude. It's like, like, you know, I guess, you know, uh, Nothing got done in time. There were delays, and um, you saw like uh, some really interesting stuff with uh, the uh, Alienware system is now on the shelves. I saw it in Target or Walmart or somewhere, um, and uh, it's it's you know not with Steam OS. It's it's just uh, just the Alienware. I forgot what they call it. Um, so that was supposed to be a Steam box, and it wasn't. So it's. It's kind of just went went dark over there at Valve, dude. I don't know what happened. It's just uh, nothing going on. And I don't even know at this point, like, I, I think there's a lot of people questioning, well, you know, what what is the point of having, like, this dedicated box in the, your living room when you can connect your PC just as easily? Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of an interesting question, interesting situation, and I wonder if uh, we'll ever see the light of day with this stuff. Yeah. It sounds like Valve is having some internal. I mean, I guess that's this is part of their culture and the way they work. But they don't seem hundred uh, percent committed to VR. It seems like internally, there's a lot of people at Valve that are that think the VR stuff is a waste of time, and they just want to focus on what they know and what they've done previously. But there's definitely some people excited about it there. I think they're I think they're having an identity crisis as far as VR is concerned. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, and you should have never let go of Michael Abrash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the other part of it, right? There was like this brain drain uh, from Valve to Oculus uh, as far as VR was concerned. And then at that point, I mean, I know VR research is still happening at Valve and they're doing some interesting things. But when you lose maybe a third to a half of your staff, that's all VR. um, Like, what do you – I don't know. It it seems – I don't know, like, you know, it's just one of those Valve things. Like, Valve is like this black box of mystery. And, <laughs> you know, they they have this kind of company culture and, and company structure, which, uh, you know, it, it, one of uh, delivering things on a certain time 
<laughs> time uh, schedule is not one of their strengths. Uh, delivering quality stuff, yes, but delivering <laughs> on such and such date, not so much. And I think another part of it is is this culture they have of being very close to the outside. Hmm. Um, so, you know, ground zero of VR right now is the meetup communities. I mean, you know, this, this is where it's all happening. This is where the community is getting together and valve is not the type of company to go out and get involved with <laughs> that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, truly. You know, they like to be a mysterious black box, as you said. And, um, I, I think that, so they're struggling a bit to figure out how they fit in with this world that is, you know, essentially the opposite, a lot more open, and, and a lot of the stuff they're doing with software is very open, but just as a culture, they're not like the kind of company that goes out and speaks at conferences and gets involved in meetups and this kind of thing, you know. You know, to be yeah, just just to, yeah, to be a little bit fair to, to Valve, I mean, I would say their their Steam VR beta viewer thing that is that is that's that runs really well, and it and the interface fantastic. is really good. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just I I just wish we I could do more, and I I wish I could play their games in, in VR, like, optimized by them. I mean, no no offense, Wormslayer and, and, and the guys that were doing the Half-Life 2 VR thing, but, like, Valve, hire Wormslayer. Like, get them to work for you and build, uh, you know, Team get, Team Fortress 2 optimized for VR and uh, Valve and all your other games, Left 4 Dead 2 in VR. Like, that'd be awesome. Um, cause, yeah, that's a thing that really does get me out, how great Steam VR is, but still, like, getting a VR game to run in Source Engine is still, like, a, a one of the hardest things to get running. Mm. Um, and But, I mean, but Steam VR is so, so good. It is. <laughs> it's such a smooth experience, you know, but, I, yeah, so it's, it is, it is a kind of a conundrum over there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. There's definitely yeah. Valve, I think, is a is a wild card in 2015. I I don't know what to expect from them in terms of VR. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to see. What any any other wild cards that you guys can think of? Like, um, I mean, do you will we see something more concrete from Apple? Will we see anything anything from Nintendo? I know this is like you know. Um, me getting my hopes up, but I please Nintendo, please bring bring it would Zelda. Would be so good, right? Yeah, bring Zelda and <laughs> yeah. Mario Kart oh to VR. God, yes. <laughs> um, I'm sure it'll happen eventually, but yeah. they seem to be uh, slow to uh, adapt to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do wonder. That's will be kind of interesting. Apple, I think, is going to definitely take their time. They're the type of company that. You know, uh, they let a technology do its thing, and then they're like, "This technology was done wrong until now." Ah. <laughs> the Apple iVR, whatever it is, um, Nintendo might be kind of a similar thing. I mean, they might, you know, I, I don't know. Nintendo's totally unpredictable. I, <laughs> that's a total wild card. Yeah, you never know what Nintendo comes out with next. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I love the Wii U. I think it was just a marketing situation with them, but it's it's to me, it's the best next-gen, quote-unquote, or current-gen system that's out there. It's amazing. Um, and, uh, it is I a marketing this. problem. Because I still yeah. don't understand what a Wii U is. I'm like, is it, it a exactly. controller? Is it a thing? I don't know. It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they still haven't really got that down. I mean, it's a new system. It's really great. They have some of the best titles, hands down. And some of the stuff that they've done with online is, is really, really good with that system. Um, so, I mean, they've, they've made some wonderful strides. Mario and like two frames a second HD is just amazing. So it's yeah, I mean I I would love to see some really I mean Nintendo's just really doing some 
weird and wild and wacky stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they suddenly popped up with a VR headset two years from now, um, I would expect it to be the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's probably their standard of quality over there is just so, so high um, when it comes to anything that's in-house and first party. So uh, that would be exciting. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> definitely that's uh, that's a that's huge wild card but please nintendo take note uh, if, if you if you call it wii u i'm gonna think you're selling me a sex toy it's just yeah. it just doesn't sound <laughs> like i i want that you know in my living room um more like in my closet but yeah it's uh it's it's yeah i, I yeah I'm, I'm hoping i'm really hopeful what about 360 video what do you guys think is the future of 360 video like is this i mean <sighs> It's so early, like VR filmmaking. Um, you know, I know we talked about like you know, how 3D movies, you know, CG movies that would be perfect for VR. Like I'm actually waiting till the day for Pixar to release. You know how like um, you know movie studios release, you know, Gone with the Wind in HD remastered. Or, you know, that'd be it'd be cool if like movie studios can release Final Fantasy Spirits Within uh, remastered for VR like that you know and, and so on and so forth like that'd be an awesome if it were a thing but what does that do for the more live action e experiences you know how does how does that get solved Ooh, man big problems big big challenges on that front i mean jaunt is kind of at the forefront uh, doing some very interesting things as far as uh, making tools uh, and editing tools for that. I mean, just when you think about the process of editing 360 video, editing 360 sound, um, and and having some tools do so, it's very exciting there. Next VR has some really cool stuff going on. Um, but like I said, I, I think 360 video, really, I mean, the the CG route is is you get the best quality there because it's it's a 3D environment that's already there, and then you can plop the camera down in it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think maybe the live-action stuff maybe becomes, maybe, I don't know if it's day 360. I think maybe it becomes like a 180 or maybe even 270 <laughs> um, stereoscopic situation where there's a, a, just a, you know, a, a portion of the, of the screen has nothing going on. Because, I mean, just thinking about manipulating the live action as a director in all these directions and you can't think of the person watching as a camera you have to think of them as a person in the scene as an extra that's watching what's going on and they could look at anything so like oh man like that just seems so much harder to have control over the production uh, in real life than it is in like you know having some, even in, even in a CG movie that's going to be difficult right like and you can see, like again, I point to Windy Day. Like you can watch the mouse, you can watch the red hat. There's a random beaver or something that you can watch him the whole time in the corner. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's like they kind of allude to like that kind of style of production where no matter what direction you look, there's something interesting going on, or you can watch it the second or third time and see something totally different. Um, but it, that's that's a total different way of of, of producing a film. Um, and I, I'm really interested to see where that goes. I mean, it's when it's done well, it's so immersive and so amazing. Uh, it's such a great experience. But um, yeah, like I'm really looking forward to see how Jaunt evolves and how a lot of these other companies evolve to to really pre- uh, pre- uh, present this content in a way that's really compelling um, using the tech. 
Yeah. yeah, I think we need we need cheaper tools too. Right now, we don't really have, you know, the, like you can't buy a jaunt system, right? Next VR, whatever there's, you know, these guys are selling is crazy big, crazy expensive, designed for, you know, not designed for consumers. But yeah. um, with the with the project beyond now, that's really interesting because this looks like it's going to be a fairly cheap device. Mm. Um. But um, yeah, the, making the tools cheaper so people can you know start playing with this in ways that don't require a ton of post-production work, um, that's an important step. And then, um, but the thing that really excites me about the 360 video is, is live, you know, real time. I mean that. Uh, yes. That is the essence of telepresence, which is you know what I've been doing for most of my career is telepresence and the idea that you could you know just be somewhere 360 you know just basically pop it moving your head to a different space in you know a, a different point in space like that's amazing I, I had this really crazy out of out of literally out of body experience at uh the svvr holiday party with um what was it video stitch hmm. they had a, a demo at their booth and they, they had a 360 rig set up that was – it was just a few feet away from you. So you put on the rift and suddenly your head is a few feet away from where it is and you can look and see your body. And it was just so weird. And, like, I, I was standing there, like, with a group of people and then I'm looking at those people from a point in space that's just a few feet over. And it was just such a, like, profound experience because they – you know, I could tell that they couldn't tell I was looking at them even though I'm right next to them. Wow. And it was just so weird, but it was very, very cool. I mean, that stuff is, and it was real time, you know, the latency was extremely low. Um, that's impressive to me, you know, that they can do that kind of stitching. Cause in most of this 360 video, it seems to be a ton of post-production work. So, you know, once we have the ability to like pop these cameras in, in different places where you could, you know, attend events or visit places in real time, in 360 that is really cool yeah i dream yeah. of the day when i can um when the when hnd technology becomes for all intents and purposes teleportation devices that i yeah, could that's, that's exactly what it is yeah, yeah <laughs> where i could you know teleport to the african sahel or teleport to the louvre in france or you know, I think I've mis I've mispronounced that. Or Niagara Falls, wherever it is. Like I would that would be amazing if I could like seamlessly go boop 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 bam, I'm I'm there and I'm looking around and it's live. That would be awesome. Um yeah, it's so awesome. It would be absolutely Carmack just tweeted about that too. John Carmack tweeted about telepresence and in the future we will have I mean I forgot the tweet, but it's uh it was in that same vein, like uh I'm going to read it because it was fascinating. Within a couple of years, there should be thousands of live streaming telepresence panoramas that we can teleport between. That's yeah, I mean, I think it'll happen sooner than that. I think we'll have, by the end of 2015, we'll have tons of these because it's, you know, it suddenly just works. <laughs> it's like, it's like these other technologies. It's like they barely work, they barely work, and now, boom, it works. Yeah. You know, like the video stitch guys, that's a, that's the thing you can buy now. It's a product that's out. You can just buy it and do real real-time streaming i think they did uh streaming from the last vrla in that banner i didn't get a chance to try it but um you know i've tried the technology in other venues and it, and it works really well and, yeah i think that stuff will come this year i mean that'll be one of the big things that the gear vr i think yeah enables is this kind of uh, oh, yeah all the real-time streams 
Yeah, I think that might be, you know, the quote-unquote killer app for Gear VR. Uh, you know, that's something that you, you know, sit sit on your couch and, and slap that on, um, you know, it, <laughs> uh, when you're not doing much, you know, at you know at night, you, you know, put that on and you're suddenly in the, watching a, a sporting event or, you know, at, at, so, at your friend's party, <laughs> like uh, through VR, like that's that's really cool. That's the thing that really gets a regular consumer to purchase that and and you know uh, blind themselves to the world for an hour or two. Yeah, you know what? just to be able to like pop into weird places, like pop yeah. on top of the Empire State Building and look around in real time, and like, oh, what's the weather like today? You know? Yeah, what's going uh, on right it, now? Right? Yeah, or just like pop into your house and like check on your dog. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It takes the whole webcam thing to you know a whole new level. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not even. Yeah, uh, there's. I mean, there, there's a few. I mean, there's. There's a couple things where like, you know, yeah, it's better live, but there's there's a there there's there's a couple instances where I can imagine like this is way better than experiencing it live. Like Formula 1 Formula 1 races. I've never been to one, but I know that if you're if you go to one, you're you're at a stand and you just see the cars zip by and they go around the corner and that's it. All you hear is the sound. Yeah. You like, catch a glimpse of them every like once a lap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There they go. Whoop, there they go. <laughs> I I I think I mean if you're if you're a big enthusiast of you know driving and and stuff like that like that'd be it'd be cool if you could yeah go experience it live but bring your gear vr because once they go around the corner you can see you can you know can you can see the cars as they're you know being tracked by quadcopter or something with stereoscopic cameras i don't know yeah there's there's a lot of potential here a lot of potential i mean yeah. what about multiplayer like is 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 multiplayer going to become cuz the thing about VR is and I have a lot of dreams. I dream of the day when I can have co-op experiences with my grandpa and my little cousin and you know um blow shit up or explore new places. Like you know why why is it that co-op and multiplayer experiences haven't been as I, w- I want to say as as prolific and as abundant as 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 these you know uh, as the more singular demos well i think part of it is that the stuff that's out there is made by one and two man teams mm-hmm. indie people mm-hmm. people that are learning and multiplayer is hard <laughs> and um you know I'm, I'm at alt space and what we're doing is doing you know social vr multiplayer vr trying to make that as intuitive and and as natural as possible in its communication and the way you interact with people um and, you know, we think that's incredibly important uh, over here. And at, at Connect, pretty much every C-level executive at Oculus, you know, said that social VR is going to be one of the most important things there is. Um, so, yeah, I think that one of the most powerful aspects about VR is the sense that you are with another person. You are in another place um, and you can make eye contact and you can emotionally connect it's one of the unique things about VR, which you cannot do in a Skype call and you can't do in a phone call or Google Hangout. Um, and, and it's, it's just one of the, it's, it's like some of these magic experiences happen. Um, whether you know, we're in alt space or when I was playing Minecraft with multiple players, um, with that mod, I mean, you start just these natural activities start emerging like, just like they would if you're in a group of friends uh in the same space and it's just it's really there's something magical about it um to have this kind of direct communication 
not just you know visual and 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 voice, but also just nonverbal. Like I can tell where someone's looking. I can tell if they're nodding or shaking their head. Once we have hand tracking in, I'll be able to tell if someone is waving or making air quotes or giving me the finger. Like I can tell all of these things, and it just changes the entire experience when you add this nonverbal communication um, to any kind of VR experience, uh, whether it's passive or, or active or interactive. Uh, it's just really, really exciting. I, I think really that's, I mean, even when we were talking about the live video, like think about, you know, logging into a camera, like at the Super Bowl or something, and you look to your left and you have a friend that's logged into a camera in the seat next to you, but you can see like some kind of, you know, either avatar or facsimile of what that, of that person. Um, so that becomes powerful too. So the, the power of VR to connect people and really uh, generate empathy is one of the most important things I think of this medium, uh, and that we'll we'll see develop. Could not agree more. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, because <laughs> um, it's 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 true. It's it's the and I, I you know here's like uh, the thing. I mean, if it's it, it it's gonna be portrayed. Uh, the fact that VR can become a solitary experience, I feel like, is going to be portrayed as ammunition, or is going to be used as ammunition by people who won't like this technology for whatever reason. And and you know, it, I would say, in sort of in reflection to what Carl and you, Bruce, have been talking about, like I think, if anything, you know, it, it I I feel like Carl mentioned it really well when you were talking about um what you're doing carl uh, the it's it, it, you're flipping the idea on its head it's it's not so it, it can't it can be solitary but it can also be it could augment um your social ability your social yeah and your social network um yeah there's definitely a huge potential here for um for connecting the world um yeah it's gonna be crazy I want to know about you guys' years. Uh, like your 2014, like personally, how 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 did it how, you know, if you can sum it up into a few words, I mean, is there, is there a way? <laughs> like, how will you remember 2014? Mm, want to get, go, Carl? Gonna go first. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's been a. It's been a wild year, um, definitely. Um, you know, it's been you know, I've, it's been a challenge because I had uh, one project of VR Launchpad, which you know, this year I realized um, it was not uh, practical for me or, or not possible for me to do my best at SVVR and VR Launchpad at the same time um, with the resources I have available to me right now. So I had to kind of put something on hold. You know, I decided to stop changing the quirks and 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 strange behaviors of the DK2 and, and trying to work around them and just uh, let it all play out for a little bit and put that project on hold uh, indefinitely. So it's been challenging, but it's got me, you know, focused really, you know, on growing SVBR and helping, you know, using SVBR to help, uh, you know, help build this industry and help build, you know, help support the community and service the community. And really that's, it's kind of uh, focused me <laughs> you know, and, and what I want to do for the future. Um, but um, uh, more, I guess what's interesting about this year is I think this is the year I went from being like a person who was like, 
um, telling everyone they know, hey, you know, have you heard of virtual reality? This stuff is going to be big. Um, to uh, now, it's it's everyone has it's kind of all the big uh, companies in the space have have uh, jumped in and things are moving so fast. And now I'm like things are moving faster than I ever would have imagined. And I'm no longer having to convince anybody about, you know, that VR is, uh, you know, going to be a thing. And, you know, it's, it's almost like it's happening so fast that I'm just trying to stay, you know, relevant and involved and, uh, you know, not, not feel like this stuff is passing me by, which I guess is the fear as the stuff starts to take off really fast. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's exciting because, you know, it's, that battle that has been such a, you know, a centerpiece for me for so long of convincing people that VR is actually going to happen and that, you know, people are going to take this serious. Like that battle is won, I think. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's no longer a concern. It's no longer something I have to worry about, you know, so I I can now take that for granted and move on to the, okay, now what? (laughs) Very true. What about you, Bruce? Mm. Man, if I had to boil it down to a word, it'd be life-changing, man. Um, it's just like my my life is absolutely, totally, just radically changed this year. Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, being in this VR resurgence, as it were, from the very beginning, being enthusiastic, kind of setting out, really, I mean, my original goal was to, you know, start a project that will end up with, you know, enabling me to be able to switch careers, really. Um, and every and it was just a wild ride, you know, from making videos to SVVR and Road to VR to the expo and going to CES and GDC in these places and making the connections and meeting the people. And, um, and it's just amazing. And then to go from that to being, you know, at a, at a Silicon Valley startup that's at a breakneck pace right in the thick of this, uh, to have an opportunity to be really right in the thick of this uh, of this disruptive time in technology, and it's uh, and, you know it, it's just it's almost indescribable. I mean, I, I joined AltSpace. You know, my technically I'm head of developer relations, but my role here has been everything from interfacing to the VR community to providing VR support for a dev team so they don't waste time to traveling the country and talking to people about VR to investor meetings. And it's just, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely nuts. Um, you know, to, to just, uh, it's just been kind of a blur, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it, it's my, my entire life, the way I'm on my outlook, what, what I'm doing, how I'm living it is just completely, totally different. Um, and this, again, uh, to echo Carl, I mean, everything's happened much faster than I ever anticipated things to be. Um, you know, it's like these things happen and you're like, oh, maybe there'll be some opportunities to pop up, but, you know, maybe a couple years down the line, you know, and then suddenly that opportunity is in your lap for you to grab uh, and, and you know, you, you can decide to take advantage of it. So I did, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, it's it's been uh, a lot of work a lot of energy but a hundred percent worth it like uh it was it was a hard decision to switch careers i was in a in a place that um i was very valued and it was uh is it, it was a really hard decision i had like you know with this you know the company i was at previously and uh it was it was i've never been in a situation there where i had to kind of make a break the timing was not good for them 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to kind of mediate some things and I was working two full-time jobs a few weeks, uh, in between those things. Um, but, uh, it, it was, it's been totally worth it. I, I have I have no regrets about the decision and it's kind of a dream fulfilled. Like, you know, you, you dream about being at that point in history where, you know, you, you want to be there at that disruptive time in history. You wish you were there with Waz and Steve Jobs when they were doing their thing. You wish you were there when Carmack and Romero were redefining the first-person shooter in video games and computers um, inter- interactivity. I mean, you wish you were there at these points in history and to have a piece of it. And now, like, I'm in the thick of this time, a uh, very special time in history, I think, where I think all of us are going to be interviewed in a front line, you know, 2060 um about uh about these vr headsets and uh, as i understand you know you used to put these on your face it's like yeah that's true we did you know it's uh it's gonna be really cool i think it's it's gonna be interesting to be able to look back on this and be like yeah we were we were right there and we, we were, actually had wires going to our heads <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh those things, they were actually external you know it's like that back to the future scene it's like oh you have to use your hands uh, so it's like um it's it's a it's an interesting um it's interesting time interesting feeling and it's just like i said i just just super grateful to uh be able to take advantage of some of the opportunities that have come in and and i mean this is so early like this oculus rift dk2 we're looking at is like the amiga or atari 2600 of this of this medium right it's mm-hmm. it's so early so so early um so it's really really great to to be at the genesis of this and uh, and to, to contribute, not be a passive uh, uh, observer, but to really be an active uh, participant. So, damn, Bruce, that's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. It is absolutely. <laughs> yeah, same sentiment with you, Carl. It's it's crazy. I mean, it, it, your your journeys both like it's um yeah. I, uh, someone's gonna have to write a biography for both of you someday because uh, uh, I mean, if I can add my two cents uh, for for what happened uh, in 2014 for me, I, I I hope you guys it's okay with you guys. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I um I you know I I've I, I've mentioned this once or twice before, but I I found purpose and meaning in life through VR because I've I be, I became aware of this tool that is so transformative, so powerful, um, will become so powerful that you know I, I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't tell I couldn't ignore it. You could and, and especially being you know coming from the background that I have I, I I was I was a good chunk of my life like my my childhood years I had lived in Nicaragua and it was a in the 90s we were coming off of a civil war and it was a country at one point it still is I think it's the second poorest country or third most poorest country in the in the hemisphere and and you know I remember you know drinking um uh, drinking water that would came out like looking milky. That was weird. It was it it didn't taste like milk, but it was. Um, I remember I remember uh, eating lead paint chips off my mom's wall because that's what I did. I don't know why. Um, but <laughs> but I also I also remember I also remember like the darkest most beautiful nights because you'd have these blackouts very often. Like the you like the lights would go out all over the city or the neighborhood. And all of a sudden, you were absorbed by the night. If there was no moon or if the moon wasn't fully out there, like, holy shit, I will never forget those, like, you know, seeing 
the sky and the stars that way. Um, and you know, I I bring that to I bring that to the table because I, I that is a reality that a lot of people on planet Earth are living. I would say more than half the people on Earth are living. I don't maybe not more than half, but a good chunk, a good chunk, more than a billion people. And I think VR once it gets to its you know it's prime you know you know how the smartphone now is permeating you know places like africa central africa where you know they're the actually the 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 smartphone adoption rate is is the fastest adoption rate in the world uh and so i i'm hopeful for the future where you know vr hmds or the technology or the metaverse itself will become a tool that will equalize um, people through education, you know, people in Nicaragua and Guatemala and Zaire can get a Harvard education because you don't need to go to literally your body in Harvard to learn there. You just, you could just use an HMD. And, and in that same vein, there's so many things. I mean, it, I, I, yeah, I'm just, sorry if I'm rambling, but I am just um, taken aback by the perspective that this is going to, I think this is, this, I'm not, I don't think, I think, I know this will revolutionize mankind, and fuck, being a witness to it is more than a treat, and having friends like you and the people in the community that are so open and awesome and friendly is a huge gift, um, so, yeah, I'm still not making money in you know through VR, but I'm thankfully I get paid to learn shit about the tech industry. So I'm not complaining. It's awesome. And I'm right there with you on that one, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because Chris uh, beat us to getting a paycheck out of VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, and the, the cool thing about learning about the other things that are happening, it's it's. I sense that there's going to be there's going to be a convergence eventually of all these technologies, HMDs, the Internet of Things, connected homes, um, you know, uh, Magic Leap, whatever it is, you know, all these other like all these different technologies will converge, and I, it will. I can't even imagine what that world would look like. It's going to be insane. And we're right here witnessing it. I keep saying we're in a science fiction novel um, for all intents and purposes. But, yeah, it's 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 crazy stuff. Um, and going back to something you said, Carl, like, you know, now that the now that people know that VR is a thing, now that, you know, we've seen it like, hey, it's a thing now. Um, what's the next problem? What's the next what is the next challenge for VR now? And same goes for you, Bruce, but I'll start with Carl real quick. Um, I, I think in VR, I think the big thing that's going to that's gonna happen over the next year or two is, um, you know, right now we're focused on, you know, getting that sense of presence and, you know, just getting the display and the tracking technology right. And, you know, so that's we're still very early on, you know, we're, we're getting the plumbing working. But once we have the plumbing and that stuff is working pretty well, I think the next big thing is going to be the avatar. You know, we're going to all have avatars or multiple avatars in multiple virtual worlds. And I think that's going to become a huge piece of this. And it's going to become a huge industry, you know, virtual goods for your avatars, your appearance, you know, getting real time uh, or getting, a, you know, real 3D scans so you can be yourself or, you know, finding people who can, you know, improve you and like do you know the equivalent of putting makeup on but for an avatar you know this kind of touched up version or idealized version of yourself 
I think that's going to become a big, big deal, you know, getting ourselves attached to our virtual selves and then, you know, figuring out how that all works. So I think anything that's involving the avatar is going to be uh, the next big step. That's a very good point. What do you think, Bruce? Yeah, as far as the uh, next challenge for VR, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'm definitely on board with Carl. I think the avatar is going to be completely important because the attachment to an avatar is going to totally change. Like, it's, it's a total psychological difference approaching the avatar, which is very profound um, and something that we're we're definitely diving into in alt space and have a lot of discussion and thought about. Um, but I, I think really the, the, the challenge is the, the experience, um, that's going to be out there. That's going to move people like, or, or validate VR as a viable commercial thing. Um, and what that's, what that is going to be like, uh, it was, I don't know. I think it's, you know, people call it the killer, the killer app or whatever. I'm not sure if it's a, a killer app per se, but it's like, you know, what is that? There's going to be some some experience that's really going to just be irresistible. Like it's going to motivate people to go ahead and, and, and drop that money to get that monster PC to get this experience, to put this thing on their face and look a little weird um, to, to really get a hold of that experience. I think mean, what that experience is, what type or genre of experience it is, even not just the experience itself. I think, you know, the medium is so wide. Um, so what is the thing that really takes off and defines VR, um, for a generation or even a few years? I think that's like the biggest challenge. There's a lot of great ideas out there. A lot of people doing a lot of development, um, very, very interesting things that are happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's like kind of the next, next things. I, everyone, you know, there's, it, you're starting to see these demos I, I, and I call it this test where it, it's a test where, you know, whether you have to pull someone out or they pull themselves out. Huh. Um, so, so it's certain demos, a person like tries it for a while and they take off the headset themselves and like, Oh, that's very interesting. And there's other demos that you have to tap someone on the shoulder and be like, time's up. Um, and you know, there's a few demos that are, that are starting to approach that threshold where the experience is compelling enough that you have to pull people out. <laughs> mm. um, like Eve Valkyrie is one of those things. Like Elite Dangerous is one of those things. Um, one of those demos that's like that. We've, we've started to get that in alt space, which is very encouraging, where people just want to stay in and, and, and chill out. Uh, so it's, it, I, I think really once we start discovering what are those experiences that really are too compelling to resist that overcome all of the difficulties and all of the weirdness about what VR is today as a hardware situation. (laughs) Like what is that experience that really just prompts you to be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I must have this. It's so important. Um, so yeah. Follow me down the rabbit hole for a quick sec, because I haven't done this. I haven't done the rabbit hole in a while and I've saved it specifically for you guys. And okay. it, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, it, it, it's this one is this one is this one is is, is it, I think is an easy one. Um, do you think? Do you guys think that uh, VR will will um will be the end of Moore's law, or do you guys think that VR will or the metaverse will accelerate Moore's law? Wow, I think we're already seeing things accelerate. 
like with GPUs specifically, um, you could look at you know the charts of uh, like GPU advancement and how that stuff is really tapered off because we're approaching photorealism and uh, with uh, with two D monitor games. And once you have a game operating at four K sixty frames a second or four K one hundred twenty frames a second, um, what else is there to do? <laughs> so what is you know what is the uh, the motivation to get a new video card when your video card already have can push those polys. Mm-hmm. Um, but with VR, that changes that whole situation. Now you have a reason to get a, like a, a GTX 980, which I just purchased, uh, because I nice. want that. <laughs> I want those frames. Yes, it's so awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I want those frames, dude. I yeah. want Elite Dangerous at 60 frames, a, uh, 75 frames a second solid. Uh, and have it looking beautiful with no judder. I want that, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and I and a, a 760 ain't gonna do it, but a 980 does, you know. And so, you're, you're seeing this ramp up from Nvidia, and then AMD looks like they've changed their tune. They're on the VR hype train. Nice. Uh, and and I think that's just gonna, you know, you know, Intel and uh, with their CPUs are gonna be right there because all of this stuff, when it comes down to tracking recognizing body parts, time of flight cameras, that's CPU. Um, so that's going to be, you know, uh, something that's going to be prioritized that, you know, you're going to, when it comes to AR and VR and recognizing the human body, you're going to need a more powerful CPU to get this stuff all uh, situated. So yeah, uh, this stuff gets accelerated for sure. As VR grows, this, the whole industry gets pushed forward again. I, I, I'll add to that. Um, as far as the application of uh, Moore's law, um, I, I guess what's interesting about VR is that it allows it, it'll allow us to leverage the benefits of Moore's law in areas where they could not have been leveraged before, or they haven't been, just because there hasn't been a good technology around that you know that can that can do that. So things like uh, you know education and education is a big one where, you know, we can suddenly apply, you know, software and Moore's law to learning and, and, and leverage that. And I think that'll, that'll offer huge benefits, but, you know, many, many areas where, you know, I guess anything where you're dealing with um, large amounts of data or three dimensional objects, you know, all these uses for VR, you know, it's just VR, I think just allows us to leverage Moore's law in areas where we couldn't before. Hmm. And yeah, I <laughs> have a reason to use all those threads now, all those cores. <laughs> nice. It's not just for the, uh, not just for the 3D uh, designer anymore. Now everyone have a reason to to use all those uh, those cores on the CPU. <laughs> yeah. So so we're still hanging out in the rabbit hole behind the school bleachers. Um, and I, 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 I'm wondering about like. Um, Here's something that Carl said more than a year and a half ago uh, in our first podcast ever, Carl. And I asked, like, I, I, it's, I haven't forgotten it. It, it. it still remains fresh in my mind. I remember it like you said it yesterday. I asked you um, something along, like, what is what's the, like, the effect of VR? How do you think it's going to change things? Like, and then you said something like um, it's going to change what it means to be a human. Or, or something yeah, along those lines. Absolutely agree. And I, I still I, agree. It's a humanity. <laughs> it's going to change the human experience. I mean, I still, I, I still stand by that. Absolutely. Let's More go, than ever. Let's go deeper because I want to. I want to know what it. What is it 
how how do you think we how do you think we see ourselves right now as humans like how do you think people think about how it mean what it means to be alive or be a human and and what do you think um and what do you think will change once VR becomes mature and ubiquitous? Uh, I, I think, you know, the the basis for that, I mean, for, for saying that for me is, you know, I, I think that VR, you know, this is a new medium, but this is a medium that is... So let me step back a minute. So um, I, I was recently reading about a book about consciousness. You know, what is consciousness? Um what is what is it that makes humans different than animals and it seems the consensus is that humans are basically running these simulations in our head of possible futures and we're using these simulations to predict the future so we're running through these basically simulated worlds in our head and playing with different parameters and saying okay if this is like this then it's like this so we have all like this infinite number of you know possible futures in our brain that we're running through in the in mostly in the future but you know also able to go back to the past and compare that and and that's how we you know that's what makes us human that's what makes us different from animals animals live in the present they don't really think about this they don't run these simulations of the future really in the way that humans do hmm. and and the way humans have kind of evolved to communicate with each other through language, which is basically taking these potential future scenarios and abstracting them into uh, narratives, into stories. So, you know, we stories are how humans communicated with each other for a long time. And eventually that, you know, um, turned into written language and then movies and other things, but we're basically telling stories in this way. But uh, virtual reality offers the ability to experience a simulation firsthand, you know, first person. And so that is more in line with the way our brains work than any previous medium. So we can use this now to share these simulations of possible futures. I think it's just far more in line with the way our brains work and so that makes it a more significant and more powerful medium than many of these mediums that have come before it, which are a lot more abstracted. So, you know, by in a future where we have virtual reality, we're basically separating the body from the mind. And I think we're going to learn a ton about our, our, the way our brains work and the way our minds work and, you know, the way we think and the way we experience things. I think it's the ultimate tool for playing with the human mind and learning about the human mind by playing with its inputs and outputs on this kind of very low level. And we, we haven't really had that before. I mean, I think it's probably the most interesting tool for sociologists and, you know, psychologists and, and, you know, and, all forms of, you know, scientists studying, you know, humans, um, you know, we now have this tool, this toolbox to, you know, tweak things here and there and, and really learn about ourselves in a way that we've never been able to before. And eventually, you know, the, the road that leads down is, you know, separating the mind and the body, um, in, in, you know, more significantly to the point where eventually, you know, we're uploading our brains into computers and doing all sorts of crazy things or where our bodies maybe are not necessary anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane and crazy to think about, but I mean, that seems to be the way this stuff is going to lead if we let it play out. 
you know, our, our, bind, our bodies will become, uh, you know, optional. <laughs> it's both terrifying and really interesting at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and but it's also such a powerful thing. It's such a crazy separation that like we've never had this before. We've never been able to separate the mind and the body before in this way. So how we handle that, it's going to be it's going to be a real challenge. It's going to be, you know, one of the most significant challenges that humanity has faced, you know, how do we deal with this? How do we not become all addicted to virtual drugs and just, you know, drooling vegetables or, you know, maybe, or if we do that, you know, is, is it wrong to do that? We have to deal with all this, you know, maybe that's better. Maybe it's not, I don't know, (laughs) but it's, it's certainly things will never be the same. Yeah, I opened up a can of worms with this question. <laughs> oh yes, because it's no you've uh, blown my mind, Carl and Bruce. You know, what do you think? I, I mean, how you know how profound do you think VR will become for for humanity? And are, are, what do you think of the sentiment that it is going to change what it means to be human? Yeah, I I think uh, echoing what Carl said, and also thinking back to what you were describing as your experiences as a child in Nicaragua. Uh, is that this this has this medium has a ability to generate empathy on a far deeper level than any other medium before it. Like I could go and watch a documentary about how life is for people in these countries that are you know that are struggling, um, but to put myself in that position firsthand. Uh, in VR is a totally different thing, right? It has a potential to touch me on a totally different level. Um, and, and that's a powerful thing where, you know, when we're talking about experiencing the, uh, these future stories or simulations of other people, like basically walking through the dreams of other humans, walking through the experiences of other humans. I mean, that's an incredibly profound thing, um, that we can, uh, you know, possibly achieve with this medium, depending on the direction it goes. And that is just, uh, it, it is, it, it's, it, it's at times terrifying and also very, very encouraging. Like this is the type of thing, like imagine if there's some VR experience that gets passed around, uh, and it motivates people to, to make a change in the world, uh, because they will truly understand on a level that a song or a book or a movie can't convey. They will understand from the point of view of that person. They will be a participant in that simulation and will understand that simulation on a level that is beyond where any other medium can reach. And what becomes of that? You know, it's like, it's a very, very interesting thing to think about to really, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it kind of it makes me think about, you know, the civil rights movement, you know, when television was a new medium mm. still. Uh, but, you know, you had these things going on in Selma um, that were really just abhorrent and they were televised. Right. And the whole nation were able to see how these people were treated uh, in this part of the United States, the whole world even. And that changed the nature of the problem and change the nature of the response of human beings around the world to that problem with civil rights. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and, and you can think about the same thing happening in VR, where you can have this experience that will motivate people to some kind of action uh, that will really increase the understanding across cultures, possibly. Uh, there's an immense potential for that, and that could be really, really profound thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 it could be a very interesting place where this technology goes as it grows, as it matures, as we get to that in, inev- inevitable endpoint of, you know, instead of an HMD you attach to your face, it's a simulation that you plug into your spinal cord or something, uh, <laughs> or whatever it looks like, uh, that, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a kind of a, a humbling thing to think about. Yeah, it's um, it, it it's crazy. I mean, you know, in a sense, I, I think this is the ultimate communication tool. I mean, you know, we we started with grunts and we moved on to words, I would imagine, and songs and simple simple writing and drawings and moved, you know, ta- little stone tablets and moved on to, I mean, the evolution went on and on into television, the internet. Now we have this and now the, you know, I mean, there's so much ambivalence with language, you know, when, 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 when you say Selma, you know, I have a specific image in my head that might not be the same one that you have. You know, and but with but if you could share that with me, you know, the, the exact same thought through VR somehow, I mean, that kind of, you know, goes into the realm of like, you know, uploading our consciousness to the matrix, the metaverse somehow. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, and how how will this change humans on a macro level? Like, are we going to become more democratic are we? Is this going to be a, a tool of submission by elites? Um, I, I I don't know. And what? And will it? Yeah. Where what would it look like? You know, what the thing that really fascinates me is like, what is a thought? Where where is the where does thoughts? You know, because I, I know if I think of Pikachu, or my dog, you know, riding a unicycle, you know, that thought like that that is a that's a if I close my eyes, that's like a, that's something I see. That's something that's gener- my brain is generating. But is that is that composed of matter? Is that composed of? And so where I'm going with this, and this is crazy. I told you guys I'm wearing the rabbit hole. I I think we're going to become. I think we might become interdimensional beings after once we upload our consciousness into the into the into the metaverse. I mean, this is where this is the next evolution of mankind. I I, I think. Or or, or or not, I don't know. This is because Ray Kurzweil is talking about his his prediction is by the end of 2030s, we will be able to upload consciousness to the machine. Um, and then what? You know, what what are we? Are we human or what? Uh, or are we dancers? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, very, I was reading an question. interesting article about um, you know, why we haven't discovered life on other planets. You know. Um, you know, if the the Drake equation says, you know, there are, there are billions of planets that would support life or whatever it is. Um, but one of the potential, you know, one of, one of the theories offered was that, you know, maybe it's logical in a, in a, you know, in, in the evolution of a species when they get to a certain point of intelligence where they just kind of all go into a virtual world together. <laughs> Yeah, the Fermi paradox, right? Like it's it's like yeah, like what what comes first and what's easier, developing space travel and leaving, or 
developing ability to join consciousness in the virtual world and just existing that way like <laughs> and then that's it like you know and then have all the aliens you want to you want in uh in that virtual world uh that's totally safe i don't know yeah that's uh, that's such a fascinating uh premise <laughs> uh, i asked <laughs> go ahead carl sorry i was just agreeing I asked Dean Blaha about this, um, the the idea that maybe are, the are, maybe just maybe we're 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 living in a simulation, um, and we're actually all wearing the twelfth generation Oculus Rift. And, yep. <laughs> I, like, uh, what do you guys think? Like, is that like? And that's a, a joke I got from Reddit. Whoever you are, you Reddit gentleman and scholar, you know, thank you for that joke. But I wonder, like, you know, is will it will will it be? Is is that a possibility? Are are we in a simulation, guys? And will we ever know? <laughs> yeah, I guess we couldn't know, right? But there is serious research into this, and there's people have been devising tests to try to figure this out. I, I don't understand how they can test for this, but apparently there are some ideas on things you could test that could figure out are we in a simulation or not. Yeah, there's uh, some uh, some physics research that's being done. Um, some of it has to do with the subspace, I guess the microwave frequency that's throughout the universe. And some other things about uh, just kind of, I guess, some, some logic rules <laughs> that might apply to the rules of our universe um, that might reveal that we're in a simulation um, because of the way those rules are structured or interact. Um, and I, I don't understand it either. I tried to read part of the study and it's, it was just so, so dense. But apparently, yeah, there's some, there's some structures and logic and rules that if, if you can prove them, then you can prove that you are actually in a simulation of uh of a world uh and not just a naturally occurring one or something um so i, I at, at that point you know it's kind of the i think therefore i am you know stuff uh philosophy and yeah you can we can be in a simulation we could be you know we're we're still you know uh struggle to explain consciousness fully and and what it means to be a human being what dreams are about why we sleep like all these things <laughs> are um like all these questions that are really you know you would think they're very fundamental and very simple but we don't really have hard answers for um so and science is working very hard at them but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's really interesting about hey maybe we are just uh making a simulation in a simulation there's been some very very cool short stories about that just that type of thing um, <laughs> or it's, uh, people make a simulation and, uh, uh, of the entire universe and, and end up seeing themselves in their own simulation. It's pretty crazy. Whoa, <laughs> dude, you just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I've read that. You should, you should, ah, man, I, I wish I remember what the short story was called, but it's like these quantum physicists that made, a, a, a like a micro, you know, basically the big bang onward and they fast forwarded to the point where they're on earth and they were looking down upon themselves in that very room <laughs> uh, at the, at the exact same time doing the exact same actions. And if they, there was like, well, we should stop this simulation. It was like, well, if we stop that, does that mean we're ending the universe? <laughs> so yeah. It was really crazy. <laughs> and, um, it was an amazing story. Yeah. Wow. That's uh thanks Bruce. That was a, that was a, that was a, a treat to listen to that. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. Uh, well, all right. Uh, let's move out of the rabbit hole. Let's start closing things off. And, you know, just thinking about the year that's ahead, you know, 
let's let's start moving into speculation land um or prediction land you know well, this is going to be this is going to be crazy cuz we tried i think we tried predicting the first time around what was going to happen and i think we underestimated how uh, how things would evolve now you know do you guys think that 2015 is is the year where VR will settle down a little bit it's going things are going to be more incremental or are we going to get hit slapped in the face with more surprises what do you guys think and i'll start with uh, carl yeah go ahead carl okay um yeah no i think things are are gonna get kind of bubblish in this year i think it's gonna get uh there's gonna be a lot of hype to you know and you know the danger there is you know if we if it's overhyped too quickly and it's actually disappointing experience then you know i think that's what happened the first time around with vr um but um I, I think that there's a there's a lot more uh, compelling and interesting experiences this time to back it up, but um, I, I think this stuff is going to start to get uh, even more hyped, and you know mainstream media is going to be paying a lot more attention, and we're going to enter into this uh, VR bubble where VR companies are going to be getting funded funded left and right. I mean, I'm seeing the interest from VCs picking up tremendously in the past three months. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of crazy actually. <laughs> You know how many VCs have kind of popped up and and in in our community and said, "Hey, what's going on here? What's interesting?" I mean, I think that it's this year is going to be you know the where when we find out you know how people actually react as the Gear VR and other devices get released that are you know to the more mainstream consumers, we're going to find out how people react to this. But I think they're going to react very positively and. You know, it's going to be a, a, a crazy ride up up the balloon. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I I would tend to agree there. Um, I think it's it's I think this is going to be the year where the hard work of VR is done. Um, you know, there's going to be yeah. a lot of people that are going to be working on experiences. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of companies that will get funded, uh, and they may or may not do great things. Uh, but you know, I think you know this is. Um, this is a time where, you know, everyone's going to be heads down, really doing the nitty gritty of building a, a great experience for VR. Like no matter, I mean, there's, there's already, you know, quite a few companies that are building their thing. Um, and, and this is really where a lot of strides, uh, you know, uh, get made and a lot of, uh, decisions are made about user interface, about user experience, about, you know, what are the particulars and what makes a good experience, uh, and, and really taking the time to flesh that out. I would be surprised if we see the Oculus CV1 this year. Um, I, 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 I'm thinking that's going to be late 2015, I think possibly 2016. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot of the community is, is definitely hoping for 2015. I think they're hoping hoping for like quarter one, quarter two, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. I think we might see... Um, you know, especially with Oculus acquiring, you know, what the people that they've acquired, I, I'm really uh, a little bit skeptical about whether we see Oculus CV1 because that's when all of this stuff kind of, you know, kind of explodes on the consumer level. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think there's, there's going to be a lot of announcements of funding, a lot of companies doing a lot of interesting things and, uh, a, a lot of heads down work among the companies that are really going to be making some really awesome stuff uh, for VR and lo looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, 
it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, I would hope to see VR released this year as a consumer product fully fully out there, but I'm not sure. I, I think we still need some more development time, and some people are still working about on these things, whether we know them or not. You know, speaking of development, I, I will be shocked if I don't see bigger game publishers jumping on board, like Ubisoft or Activision or Rockstar. I mean, if E3 goes by and we don't see some sort of some sort of you know VR support or VR game coming out of them, like I, I, I mean, it won't be the end of the world for the industry because it's bigger than gaming, but it's um, but maybe they're maybe you know yeah maybe i I don't know man i I think that stuff might be going on behind the scenes like Mm. ubisoft has already said they're not going to make a move until a million oculus rifts or vr headsets are sold ea seems to you know be aware of the situation but are not making any public moves um but i'm i'm of the feeling that there's there's those big companies are working on something right now and no one's really sharing anything I, I just get the feeling that, you know, there's um, there's some stuff that's being worked on uh, by, you know, AAA caliber studios, um, and they're just not sharing anything until it's it's ready, until there's about, you know, the, the Oculus Rift gets a launch date, and then that's when we'll start hearing about this stuff. Because, yeah. uh, I, I mean, at this point, I mean, once you have a, a company with $2 billion behind it, and you have every major player in the tech space, doing something in the VR space. As a software producer, that's not something you pass up, right? So um, you might not talk about it until you're ready, but I, I can imagine that EA, Activision, uh, you know, all of, all of these guys out there, Ubisoft, are, are just doing nothing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting time. Uh, we, we might get some surprise announcements. We'll, we'll, we shall see. <laughs> yes, we shall. I'll throw in there too. Um, you know, I, I personally, I don't have a lot of faith in these big studios. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, VR is such a disruptive technology that it paves the way for, you know, tomorrow's big studios to come out of the VR companies that are embracing VR today. Yeah. Where, the, where these big companies, they're always, they're never good at following, especially in a disruptive innovation, you know, when a disruptive innovation comes along and VR is definitely a disruptive innovation. You know, by the yeah. time the market is big enough for them to be interested in it, it may be too late for them. And, you know, the people that have been doing it for, you know, had a few years on them and experience with this medium may overtake them. It's just like Angry Birds, right? Angry Birds wasn't EA, wasn't Activision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. It was just, you know, it was a small one of the first companies to take advantage of the strengths of the medium, mm. uh, which is was in a very clever and fun way. And uh, now they're one of the biggest companies out there. Um, you know, and it's in and, Unity. It's just a Unity app. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is, right? And I, I think it might be. Yeah, I think very much so. I agree with Carl. I think, you know, these guys might be seeing this and might put something together, but I think the killer app or the killer experience doesn't come from them. I, I think it comes from um, a, a smaller studio, independent studio that has some really good ideas, that some really thoughtful design, uh, really put together a really great experience. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. What do you, Carl, when, when do you think we'll see the CV1 come out? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think we're actually going to see it earlier than we expected um and i'm hopeful for may because that's when svbr is but i think june okay. i think we'll see either cv1 or a dk3 which is which is basically crescent bay 
Um, I think we'll see something this year. I I'm going to put my, in my two cents. I think CB one's going to get announced at the next Connect, Oculus Connect, um, and released for the public in end of November. Uh, that's yeah. I'm very I'm being very hopeful here, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Sales really quick. What do you guys think sales will look like? Just you know, just so that I can go back and say, Bruce, you got it. Carl, you had it right there. <laughs> Man, I think sales are uh, in the uh, one to two million range. I think because the Oculus CV1 is going to be completely tailored to the PC gamer uh, that has the top of the line gaming machine. And you look at numbers on like Steam, for example, um, it's, it's the people on Steam. So Steam has what, like five, six million users um, or something like that. I think there's, and the percentage of those people that actually have a machine that be able to push 120 frames a second in stereo or 90 frames a second in stereo, um, I think a good portion of those people go for it. So I'm, I'm going to say, um, you know, depending on how fast they can produce, I'm saying they go like maybe 1 to 1. 1.5 million units. What do you think, Carl? Yeah, I think I think those numbers sound about right for for when consumer when CV1 comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know the first year of CV1, I guess. Um, I mean, long term, I think you know tens of millions, but we're not there. <laughs> yeah, we're not there yet. Uh, It'll be for a few years. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say f- five to ten million because yeah, I feel like we underestimate <laughs> VR every year. <laughs> It's, 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 so, uh, yeah, just cause we, oh, last question, gentlemen, if I'm a input device peripheral maker, should I stop now? And... <laughs> Make software. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, what do you think, what is Oculus saying to, what, to, to peripheral input device makers right now? Nothing, right? I mean, it, well, yeah. What do you do if you are one? Like. Uh, if you're if you're making something good, I think you know keep it coming because we don't have anything good on the market yet. I mean, we're you know it's just barely happening. You know, the stem is sort of out, not really. I, I think I have the only one shipped still. Um, there's really nothing that works out there. Yeah, I, I would say that you know if you if you got a really good idea, something really great, put on it. I mean, Nimble is a great example. Those guys weren't even thinking about VR at first. And then they put all of their amazing, you know, very smart minds on VR, had something super impressive. And, and now they're, you know, a part of the Oculus family there. So, uh, I mean, you, I, I would say, you know, if you have something that's really amazing, really promising, um, super accessible, hey, go for it, man. Make that happen. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a tough situation right now. There's, uh, yeah, you're. It, it's a narrow, like you know. Again, it's a narrow market. It's the people that are going to have the machines are going to be able to push this stuff. That's going to be your market, and uh, and then the people that are going to be able to go out and spend more money on whatever your peripheral is to get that experience, and then the software to make your hardware worth it, viable, right? That's also a key point. Like you know, um, great, you have this great tracking system, but what can I do with it once I have it? Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not an easy, easy trek, but hey, if you have something awesome, do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, because it's still early in the game when it comes to input, for sure. 
Um, gentlemen, it has been a, a pleasure, really, and it's always, it's, uh, I always have so much fun talking to you guys, I'm always learning so much stuff, thank you for uh, making my journey into the rabbit hole even more holy, uh, I don't know, <laughs> that was a whole bad way of saying it, but that was awesome, and really, uh, awesome. I, I really appreciate you guys uh, gi giving me a little bit of your time on uh, December 31st, 2014, you know, go, go, go have some food, go hang out with your families, any final thoughts before we close off? Um, Carl and Bruce. No, I'm just going to say, keep up the good work. I mean, you're doing awesome, awesome work, Chris. And yeah, I'm really impressed and, and proud of what you've done since I've met you. And yeah, keep it up. Thank you, Carl. Likewise, uh, got to echo that, man. Thanks. Feeling very grateful and uh, very happy to, to keep the tradition up. It's always a joy. Uh, and uh, yeah, keep it up, man. And, and uh, yeah, devs out there, like, hey, keep, keep it going. I know it's, it, it's going to be a long road, but you know, make make your thing. There's opportunities. Get it on gear. Yeah. People will be able to buy stuff soon. Yeah, ship it. You got to ship. Whatever ship you're it. making, ship it. Ship Get it, it out there. Ship <laughs> it. Get it out there. People are going to be looking to hire VR people pretty soon, man. All these companies are going to get funding, and the next thing they're going to want to do is hire people that know what the hell they're talking about. Build those skills and ship it. Definitely. How can people stay – sorry, Carl, go ahead. Just agreeing. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. How can people stay in touch and how can people follow what you guys are doing, Carl, Carl and Bruce? All right. You can find uh, svvr.com is the easiest way to find out anything and everything SVVR related. Um, oh, I changed the uh, SVVR Twitter username from SVVRCon to SVVR2015 to celebrate the new year. <laughs> nice. Oh, right. um, But svvr.com and you can get links to everything from there. Sweet. Oh, yes. If you want to find me uh, at Altspace VR, uh, at Cymatic Bruce on the Twitter there, uh, altvr.com, sign up for our beta. There's big things happening that's uh, uh, going to be cool for Altspace. And uh, yeah, so I'm Bruce at altvr.com. Shoot me an email. Let's talk. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah, well, just a quick, before we close off, I just want to give a quick shout out to the people in Thailand, uh, United Kingdom, Australia, Canada. Uh, I've seen Sweden. I've seen Korea. I've seen Japan. Um, thank you. Uh, I've seen Brazil. Uh, I've seen pla places I've never heard of. And thank you, all of you, for listening to this show because – um yeah it's 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 awesome that you someone is out there and i have like a friend that i haven't met yet um so so thank you out there everybody and have a have an amazing 2015 happy new year happy new year, happy new year. <laughs> and bam all right that was it Thank you guys. Nice. Holy shit! Nice. I hope I hope I didn't go too long because I. You know. Oh man, that was a deep one. That was that was kind of <laughs> awesome. We talked about some very existential things there. <laughs> yeah, that's fun stuff. What What's the name of the book, Carl? Really quick before I I, I let you go because I'm I'm curious about this book about consciousness and and Bruce, if you can find that story, I would be fucking um, uh, pleased as balls. Another way of yeah. a bad way of saying it, but yeah. Oh, hell yeah. No, no, I'll try to find that story, dude. It's a great story. Uh, yeah, I'll try to get that, find that and get that to you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, what's I, the name? Yeah, oh, sorry. I'm looking at my Audible because I can't remember because I listen to books so fast. So I have to, I have to go back and look. Okay. Not sure, to be honest. I have so many books on here. No worries, no worries. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Take your time. Um, but yeah, okay. I'll let you guys go. I'm going to post this right now. So I will send you a quick message. Hey, it's up. It, it's going to be on, on, on Reddit really quick. So cool. All right. 
I'll let you guys go now. Thank you again. <laughs> I hope, I hope. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Have a good uh, night. Thanks a lot. Take care. Oh, um, the book is, uh, it's Michio Kaku, um, <gasps> The Future of the Mind. Ah, that's the one. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Really interesting book. Yeah, this guy is really interesting. Okay. Thank it's you. It's a lot about how the brain works and thought works and then how we'll digitize it in the future, which is really interesting. Yeah, that dude is good a... Rap- good rabbit hole material. <laughs> yes, definitely. That dude is a brain on legs. Michio Kaku, like, holy crap. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's out there. I love him. Cool. All right. Have a oh, good night. Oh, and yeah. I found the story, dude. Yes. It's, uh, it's weird. The story is called I Don't Know Timmy. Being God is a big responsibility. <laughs> It's such a ridiculous title, but it's hilarious. It's a great story. When I typed I don't know T, and I got it as the first thing in Google. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, thank you, Bruce. That was And Carl, thank you again. I can't say thank you enough, really. You guys are amazing. Cool. Okay, all right. Have a good night. Happy New Year. All right, good, good night. night, guys. Happy New Year. Yay. See you later. Happy New Year's, man.